0: Hello, welcome to On the Corner, the official podcast of PitcherList.com. I'm your host, Eric Somolsky, joined by Nick Pollock. And I don't even have a fun intro for you, Nick, because the fun is in PitchCon. It is. And that's what we really got to start by talking about right now.
1: What is happening, everybody? Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. We've got a big one today going through all 30 teams and telling you, Who are the relevant prospects to be aware of out of the gate? And then also at the end, we're going to go through them and say, hey, look, these are the ones that we like the most, which Mm -hmm. is kind of nuts. I've never done a podcast with us in the preseason um, and uh, are like this in the preseason. And because we have so much more data than we used to, we can actually formulate these opinions, which is so nice. Um, But yeah, PitchCon's coming. If you guys didn't see it, the schedule is out. And uh, it's actually, there's one secret event and there might be two. Uh, it might happen last minute, but that's going to be insane if it happens. Eric doesn't even know what I'm talking about. I don't know the, the first same. one. I know the, I
0: know the first one. And it's the first one cool. is
1: ridiculous. And I actually have not even told the other speakers what it is. <laughs> 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 like it's that kind of surprise. Um, it. And uh, it should work. Uh, and it's just going to be great. So definitely tune in. It's five days starting Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, January 24th. 11 a.m. Eastern Time, go to pitchoscom slash pitchcon go check it out. It's gonna be five days through Sunday. It's eleven hours every day, eleven a.m. to ten p.m. Like this schedule is unreal. And we say that every year, but no, seriously, this is just we got we got all the big big hitters this year.
0: I'm excited to be a part of it for my first time. Is it this really year. your first time? Yeah, you never asked me. Years. Well, you never said you never hi to asked. me before. Well, I, mean, I didn't have the opportunity till this year. <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: falling. Eric Okay. No, anyway strange. yeah Eric's gonna be there what are you doing Eric
0: yeah I'm doing a podcast with um, Scott White and Dave Mendelson. we're talking about uh, starting pitcher ADP battles so kind of like a format that Nick and I um, did on our last podcast but we'll be trying to space it out a lot um, not just kind of looking at early round guys but some of kind of like late round ADP flyers you know 15 team ADP flyers i uh, sorry ADP battles just kind of uh, you know really kind of hitting helping you try to make those really tough decisions like in this round who do you go with
1: right i actually eric um i did it to make your life easy as possible because you did that. the podcast with me <laughs> and then i see that you're doing those articles i wrote a world so yeah. i'm just like all right eric you got you already know this uh you know how you feel and you I can serve it to them and have a good hour you know
0: yeah i do appreciate sometimes sometimes like you the easy is good we do a lot of analysis. We do a lot of content. We're digging into a lot of stuff and sometimes not having to really m- make another kind of like deep dive analytical thing is, is nice. Um, Why do, and we'll see how the ADPs change and you know, Oh
1: yeah. Why do you think I only talk about starting pitching? It's because then any other work I do, I don't need to actually truly work. I've already done all of
0: it. Yes. Um, Nick mentioned, though, you know, I did... So Nick and I did um, the ADP Battles podcast. I'm um, doing them in, in written form, but also updating as the ADPs update. Um, you can kind of check that out on my Twitter, which is at nyc, and over um, at Roto RotoWorld. Um, and, you know, the ADPs will probably change a little bit as we get to the PitchCon um, segment, and then we'll have some new voices in there. So it's, it's nice to hear other people's opinions Um and it's interesting like oh, yeah. how different the amount of people that are like shocked that I would consider drafting Luis Castillo over Kevin Gossman um, mm. took me by surprise. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, By the way, I found myself actually really liking Nick Pavetta today, which is a very strange feeling I haven't had for yes, about five you did. years. Yes, you did. And, uh, and one other it. thing I should mention, I should have mentioned in the beginning. Why do we do PitchCon? Well, it's to raise money for ALS, uh, to combat ALS, I should say. No, we're not on their side. Uh, and we're aiming to raise $10,000 uh, dollars to donate to the Mass General Hospital's uh, ALS uh, Center Research Center. Uh, it's a fantastic cost. Sarah Langs actually uh, worked with me to find the right uh, right place to, to put towards uh, ALS research. So 100% of all donations go to research. We're not taking anything. Um, from it. So we hope that we can hit that goal over five days. We've done so over four days before and we hope maybe even we can go past 10,000 as the prizes are not linked to how much we raise. It's just, hey, you're there. You don't even need to donate. You can win up to 50 prizes are available. Um, You can only win one, of course, but there are 50 prizes to give out. I can't say words. Can we just talk about prospects already?
0: (laughs) I'll just throw a note in there that even if you're not able to attend the sessions or check out the sessions, um, you can still donate. Um, I've done that in the past as well. When things get really busy, and you know, uh, you're always able to donate. Um, and donating through this event not only obviously helps the cause, but also is a nice little hat tip to all the work done by not only the people at PitcherList, but the other people in the industry who are you know taking their time and coming out and and supporting and you know running panels and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Uh, so, how are we going to structure this here, Eric? <laughs> so we're structuring this <laughs> based on. <laughs> Uh not by you know any sort of divisions or things like that, but uh Nick put together starting pitcher 2024 starting pitcher starting rotation excuse me breakdowns, um, which are over on Pitcher List. Uh you can get them if you have a PL Pro subscription, they're awesome. Nick literally breaks down entire starting rotations um with his thoughts on those guys and including potential relevant prospects at the bottom of each single rotation. And that's what we're going to go through today. So just so everybody understands, we are coming at this from a redraft perspective, a redraft perspective, which means we are looking for guys who you might want to draft prospects, who you might want to draft in redraft leagues or guys who could be uh, called up early on in the season and would be like priority pickups. Guys you right. want to be stashing, guys you want to, you know, get ahead of any major waiver wire um, bids. So we're kind of looking for guys who are either might break from camp or might be up like before June-ish is kind of the range we're in right here.
1: Good old June-ish. It's my my favorite month of the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is something that actually I remember like last year in my head. Was, all I thought about was like, all right, there's Brandon fought and there's Grayson Rodriguez. I didn't really have much prep over time. Mm. I was like, okay bobby miller i'm interested in maybe gavin williams a little bit um and i had a little bit of that uh sight over the horizon of who's going to be coming up and now there's so much information that we can really get ahead of this and you can be far less less surprised mm-hmm. when there's some name and you just don't know who is this guy what is this we, we actually know a ton now and uh, i figured having one podcast to just kind of Get everyone prepped for that. Say, hey, look, guys, these are the ones that you're going to hear and be aware of. Uh, It really just helps in so many ways. And we're going to go through each team. There are going to be a lot of teams. I'm just saying, nope. yeah, (laughs) And And just ignore that.
0: And that's what I love about the way we're going to do it. And we're going to jump in right after this is because there are so many names that sometimes you can really get bogged down and like, oh, this guy is going to be really good. And it's like he might be, but he's probably not going to be up until August. And right. In March, you really don't need to be thinking about that in a redraft league. It's not worth the, the stashing. Absolutely. So we're going to kind of go through it. Um, we are starting at the top with the Marlins rotation, which is already littered uh, with talented young pitchers. So there's really only one guy to keep an eye on here, right? Yeah, it's it's
1: Max Meyer. I mean, I do want to say that like Ryan Weathers, maybe if he does something interesting uh, he actually had good IVB numbers, Ryan Weathers with the Padres, and then it declined in April. And then, uh, he had like this moment where all of a sudden, uh, he was doing really good things. I watched it on the stream, like heaters that were good, maybe even hitting like 97, um, had a slow breaking ball. That was good. A good change up. But then again, it's like with a lot of prospects, it's, Hey, they just need to get one more thing. And they often don't ever get that. So if Weathers can get that IVB back, that might be interesting. We might see that opportunity. Just be aware that Weathers exists. But yeah, Max Meyer is the one that everyone cares about. He's going to get attention when he does start. I mean, to me, he's like the SB6 right now, really, Mm -hmm. uh, for the Marlins. Um, So he had Tommy John in 2022, missed all of last year. And I remember his MLB debut. uh, I wasn't so impressed um, because it was mostly sliders. It was like 50% sliders at the time. Mm And he had a four-seamer with cut action, and I generally don't like it. It was interesting. I, I put a lot of thought into this. I meant to respond to him. I haven't yet, but Robert Stock mentioned um, after I posted about Dylan Cease and I call it like the plane of a thousand cuts, where where I see a four-seamer that goes over the X-axis into negative X as opposed to positive X. That means essentially that it is moving more glove side than arm side. And generally, I see that as a negative to whiffs. Um, inherently, it isn't, but... I most of the time when I see a four seamer like that, it means that it's going to go closer into the handle of like a lefty. And that's mm-hmm. going to generally also come with a little bit of drop. That's going to go into the end of the bat of a righty. Um, so I get a little turned away by a four seamer with some cut action as opposed to more of that horizontal movement. Uh, but inherently it's not really that bad, but I don't know. Max Meyer to me is, I, I think is a name that people are going to be higher on than I am. But I want to really see how it goes. I'm curious actually if you've really put much thought into Max Meyer.
0: Yeah. Um, to me, it's a, cha- it's a change up because the change up before he got hurt showed interesting movement, um, mm-hmm. but he didn't throw it a lot. And so I th- the slider is legitimate. I think it's a great. Right. Yeah, that's pitch. why he throws it 50% of the time. But um, just yeah, what, what else is and, there, right? And so if we see him start to come back again, we don't really know his timeline. We assume that because he missed all of last year, that he'll be able to ramp up relatively normally this year. Um, we'll find out when spring training breaks how, just how true that is. Yeah. And for me, if we see that changeup, if we see the changeup looking good, if we see this changeup start to get used more regularly, and he becomes more of a true three pitch guy, and the changeup looks like it could be a, a really solid offering to lefties, or you know, keep righties off the fastball that has that cut action, it kind of like you know deviates in the the way yeah. he attacks, I'd be more interested. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it would force their hand a little bit um, rather than using the Ryan Weathers is and, you know, guys that they kind of have mixed in um, who, you know, they could use as like a fifth starter right. barring injury or after trades or except.
1: Yeah. I love the fact that you just had to say Weathers is, um, yeah. but I, I actually, I, I think I, it might be a good moment for us to say before we really go into another other teams. I know we're stalling so much, but I, uh, <laughs> Generally, when it comes to prospects, there's a term I came up with last year called the shag rug. And that says that um, prospect pitchers are generally going to have a lower floor than -hmm. everyone else. Shag rung is a young man's floor, right? And that's a bad one. And it's because there's volatility coming up. You get jitters. You generally aren't polished to your best ability yet. You're still going up uh, the mountain to hopefully get to your peak. Uh, There's uh, inconsistencies of just... I don't know how you're going to feel today. You're not on rhythm. You've been uh, pulled around from AAA to the majors. You don't know if you're going to stay there. There's more stuff involved with just not being comfortable in the majors. So for me to be excited about a prospect pitcher, they really need to showcase something exceptional. There are going to be guys that come up through the year who are going to be essentially Tobies, and they're going to have a four-pitch mix and have really good command. And maybe they will be okay in like five or six innings, and it could be a quiet good debut season however i'm not going to target that because generally that just doesn't stick as much and the ones that actually make impacts for your fantasy teams are guys with two plus pitches mm-hmm. and, and a four seamer or sinker that does not suck <laughs> 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 to put it lightly you know like those, those have to be speak. like good pitches that they can rely on a time which isn't shocking um but it's you know if it's a detrimental four-seamer or sinker and you don't have two plus like legitimately you're throwing these pitches combined over 60 percent of the time then it's going to be a problem just think about about it like any other major league pitcher that we talk about now on the other side of that if they have an amazing four-seamer and i'm what i mean by an amazing four-seamer it has to have the right pitch shape it needs to have the right velocity they need to also be able to command it well then okay that allows them to have just one other pitch really Mm -hmm. um but that needs to be a plus one they can't just do it only with a heater look at you kyle harrison um you have to he has the best vaa actually terrible ivb but yeah he his curveball wasn't really enough um and he didn't have the best command of it so that those are really the two buckets for me is i'm hoping to see an overpowering fastball i think that's the most uh common uh prospect attributes in a pitcher that's sticky for them being successful and if not then it needs to be okay and to have two legit pitches they can throw for strikes and for whiffs yeah um if i don't see high strikeout rates or high whiff rates i don't care um and generally i need to see like 95 mile per hour velocity or they better have the best VAA and ivb and uh you know 94 93 something like that right. i mean is there
0: anything i missed there no and i think it's it is expecting the expecting a little bit of the bumpy road even with the the top notch yeah. Got Absolutely, um,
1: right. and this is for redraft, not for dynasty necessarily. Exactly, but just like the first year, and also if they're ready with just a changeup, that's not enough. You need more than a yeah. changeup. Changeup is the worst one because changeups are good against left-handers, and you need to be good against right-handers. If you're not good against right-handers, yeah. then you won't have success because that's the majority of batters you'll face.
0: Yeah, I need to see. I, I agree with you. I need I need a solid foundation of the fastball, um and then I need to see. I need to see at least multiple uh, off-speed offerings. In the arsenal, right? That's what we just talked about the Max Meyer changeup. Like, if it exists and and we've seen that plus movement, then even if he's only throwing it 10% of the time, cool. It exists. I know he can use it. I know it'll be good when he uses it. If he doesn't need to rely on it, that's great. But these are guys who are going to struggle at times in the big leagues um, in their debuts, which is what we're talking about. And so they're going to need to have something else to fall back on because if they're like, oh, this guy has a wipeout slider and a pretty good fastball. It's like, okay, what about the day when the pretty good fastball is not that good? Or what about the day when the slider is off and then he just has a pretty good fastball? Then that's the day the guy gets lit up and I I need to see a little bit more to round out the arsenal, which leads me to some potential questions for the guy that everybody loves. But talk to me about what you see with the Pirates in 2024. Yeah, Paul
1: Skeens is obviously the guy that I think everyone is just super aware of um and he was in uh he was drafted last year and has two games in double a already and a lot of people are thinking okay cool. Oh, he's just gonna join the rotation like right away and i understand that part of this whole conversation is is what is the opportunity like and the ones that are outside of the rotation at the moment for uh, for pittsburgh i mean i guess it's like Bailey falter is now their fifth or romanzi mm-hmm. contreras i mean now they added martin perez and marco gonzalez um, which, by the way, I thought they were the same guy. Just kidding. Um, they feel very similar, don't they, everyone? And it, so they have a couple extra options on top of that. There's JT Brubaker, who could be back around like uh, August or so because you get Tommy John in April of last year. Then there's Quinn Priester, but really, let's be honest, Quinn Priester was just so rough. And I that fell help. off.
0: He was yeah. once a guy. And this is right. a perfect example of how prospect <laughs> pitching can shift drastically in a couple of years.
1: Yeah, uh, so Paul Skeens could make his way through, uh, you know, through the organization pretty quickly. Luis Ortiz is another option, and stuff like, that. like, Dude, is this really what they want to be doing? So Skeens is pretty much high velocity and a big sweeper. Um, I don't really love his mechanics. I think they aren't consistent enough for me to really think like he's going to be a, you know, seven percent, eight percent walk rate guy. Um, I kind of feel like it's going to be a ten percent, but maybe I'm completely wrong there. Um, I also remember. Uh, and I I can't check it because it's double A and it stinks. Some people were, rep- were reporting on um, a worse pitch shape than they thought initially. But I, I'm going to leave that in like questionable gray area. I don't quite know yet. Um, But I don't really know. Like, is there more than that? Is it just like, hey, cool, here's high velocity. I mean, high velocity doesn't always mean success mm-hmm. if you don't have extension on it, if you don't have good VA on it, if you don't have good IVB on it. Um, Look at like Oscar Noah would throw like 98 and whatnot and didn't matter. Um, Hunter Green's fastball over 100 isn't as good as you think because he has terrible extension. So uh, I'm curious to see what all that data will be when we see him in AAA. Um, But it's not necessarily like a complete can't miss in Paul Skeens. Uh, I'm excited about it. I think the second he
0: comes up, obviously we have to go and grab him. Do I feel like I need to stash him? I don't. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we talked about this on one of the last podcasts. The idea that sometimes prospects, when they come up in the minors, just kind of think they're with in terms of their command. Like my stuff is overpowering, and I'm going to throw it in the zone, and you're not going to hit it. And then when they come up to the majors, they have to either decide: Are they still that guy where they're going to catch too much of the zone, and maybe they get hit hard, and they learn, or do they start to nibble? Do they Mm -hmm. overcorrect? And that's the thing with Paul Skeens, where like. He never needed to be precise in college so far in the minors, which again, we have not seen a lot in the minors, but like he basically was, here's upper 90s. Here's a good slider. Do whatever you want. Right. Um, I have read that people like his change up. I haven't really seen his change up a lot. Um, so that's another thing where it's like, I need to see, does he have a third pitch? I need to see does he locate the fastball as he does throw it 100 because these are things where like as he gets to the majors if he's just a high velo slider guy then there's you know gonna be a lot of volatility if he's a high velo slider guy with a really solid changeup that he can mix in as well then you know there's there's really high upside because right. we know the the raw stuff at least we've been told is really good on the pitches that we've seen um, yeah,
1: and uh, and also I will say that, I mean, the arm action does suggest that he has good VAA. I mean, that's just from my yes. eye test. Like, cool, he's not completely over the top or something. It would make you think that. But I am seeing lots of sinker movement, um, which then would suggest that it's not necessarily the best IVB. But I don't I don't know. I, the other caution um, are the... A uh, warning sign I see is the pirates have no real need to push him, right?
0: And and they are so slow promoting yeah. prospects. Just oh yeah, so remember last and, and Tyone? It took us yeah. ages. And I mean, they did that. They kind of did the same thing with Andy Rodriguez. They did the same thing with with O'Neal mm. Cruz. Like everybody was like, "Oh, they'll you know O'Neal Cruz is going to be up early. You should stash him." And it was just months of like, "When are they yeah. going to call up O'Neal Cruz?" Right. Um, and with Skeens, you know. We also like there are some guys I'm sure we'll mention just here real briefly, but there are other prospects who are lower in pro in like prospect ranking within the Pirates organization, but have thrown far more innings. Who might get shots before Skeens because the Pirates might just be looking at like, you know, okay, like why not give Jackson Wolf a chance? Yeah, well, I mean, right? Jackson Wolf's
1: whatever. Uh, Why not I give
0: Jared Jones a chance? Jared like, Jones is interesting.
1: Jared Jones is someone that might get the yeah opportunity of schemes, and he has a fastball slider that's legit a curveball in there too. Um, I wonder uh, if he can get a change up between last we saw him and, and you know like by May or something. Like Jared Jones should be he, circled um by everybody. When he comes up, okay, you want to add Jared Jones to your teams.
0: He has from what I from prospect guys that I trust they believe that he has the makings of a a full four pitch arsenal. That's awesome. The the changeup needs to come around more, but he started a new grip on the changeup last year, which created 10 inches of IVB separation between the four seam and the changeup. That's good. Um, So that's great. And then you add a slider, like a traditional slider and then more of like a 12, six curve. And you have a, a diverse arsenal that can attack batters in lots of ways um with you know mid to high 90s velocity on the fastball from what i've seen so there's something interesting there he's slightly older than Skeens, has a little bit more um you know innings under his belt so maybe he gets a shot and i also like you know i do last year when i was doing my sub stack i was doing a minor league leaderboard and I was sorting by double A and higher, double A and triple A K minus walk rate to be like, okay, who are guys who are, you know, having really, who have great K minus walk rates who might pop in the majors at some point this year. And honestly, Jackson Wolf kept showing up Mm. and it might be a a profile that is much better in the minors because he's a lefty who barely throws 90 um, and mixes in, you know, off speed. And he was 24 years old at double A last year. So, you know, he was on the older side, but you also can't, I mean, you also can't knock a 23.6% K minus walk rate. Um, the results were there. We have seen guys who don't have over, especially lefties, who don't have overpowering stuff, but know how to mix and match, who have more success than they should. And I don't believe that you'd be looking at Jackson Wolf in most redraft leagues but i think that because he's 25 there's a chance that he gets a shot and if you're in an no only league or if you're in a really deep league it would not surprise me if he wound up being like a mid fours era pitcher who puts together fine strikeout rates and like is a user is a usable rookie pitcher in yeah
1: deeper i understand um i uh, I'm, i i'm we will put it simply, Jackson Wolf is at best in your 12-teamer, a desperate streamer if he's going for the Pirates. It's also a bad situation being the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is more likely to just be like, ah, oh, whatever, Jackson Wolf, it's fine. We don't need to protect him like we do with Skeens or with Jared Jones or something. So there's something there. But yeah, left side, kind of a maniac comp almost of like 90 miles per hour change up slider. Um, horizontal and everything like that. Um, and it can just be not, it's just not something I'm going to go for in a 12-teamer. Uh, so I'm just kind of brushing him aside at the moment um we gotta we gotta get through 28 other teams we are gonna so. we're gonna
0: let Nick talk a lot more about all the prospects <laughs> that he went through uh, and we'll do it after this break
1: Get started on your resolutions with Factor so you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie-smart, vegan, plus veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Factor now offers loads of snack options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to, to keep me going no matter what's on the schedule. Head to factormeals.com OTC50 and use code OTC50 to get 50% off. That's code OTC50 at factormeals.com OTC50 to get 50% off.
0: And we're back. Uh, We're getting into more prospects here. We're going to dive right in. We're powering through people. Um, We're going to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Not
1: really. We're not. There's nothing here, guys. It's like Corbin Martin, maybe. Uh, Yuman Lin might get some innings. Blake Walston, nothing for you to consider in redraft leagues. Uh, Yeah. I mean, mean, no. Yeah. I don't believe
0: Jarvis and Slate Stone.
1: I don't care. We're going to move on past the Diamondbacks. I'm sorry, Snacks. It's
0: It's like we drove through Delaware there were the diamondbacks there go the diamondbacks uh what about the tampa bay rays um i want to be
1: in on like mason montgomery I uh, it's just not it's like 91 92. and it's he's like a big overtop delivery and it's just not it for me um in seymour is kind of interesting like near 30 percent strikeout marks and swing strike rates around like 14 15 double a so it's possible that he makes an impact in AAA and then they call him up, but like I don't really see a guy for us to say, "Oh man, this is going to be this mysterious, amazing thing." I mean, like it's still just Taj Bradley hoping that it works out, mm-hmm. and of course Shane Bos coming back. So right, nothing and, really to stash here,
0: and the stashes for the Rays are. Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs. Yeah. Right. Who, I mean, you know, those are guys who would normally take, you know, instead of the prospects coming back, they have injured veterans coming back. Right. Um, but I think we definitely have somebody to talk about with this next team, which is the Detroit Tigers. Oh boy. We've got multiple. And
1: it, it's interesting because I, I remember going into this offseason. It's really fun for me. I don't do prospect stuff, right? I just don't. When they arrive, cool. I'll talk about them. Great. And sometimes I will have some things about random ones like Bobby Miller, just go stash that kind of thing as the season goes on. But I uh, I didn't really know much about Jackson Job. And boy, oh boy, I heard all everything about Wilmer Flores. I don't really care about Wilmer Flores. I, I, he's not someone that I'm going to go after. I actually saw him in the AFL a bit. Just really unimpressive to me. And it's possible he fixed some things or whatever, but I, I'm not really on Wilmer Flores. I'm in on Jackson Job. Jackson mm-hmm. Job is just so dang filthy and uh i see him as like the sp8 because you have obviously sawyer gibson long who honestly like you could throw him in there Mm -hmm. in the prospects now because he should be there with flaherty signing too um that that rotation is now full um so i mean Sawyer gibson long's number one in the prospect world and that's great that's cool he'll be solid when he arrives I understand people might want to stash him. I don't. I think we talked about that when we went over Sorry Gibson Long in, in uh, the top 200. But to me, it's just, you're going to wait. Like, they're going to go with Flaherty. Um, and that's annoying, but that's kind of how it is. Uh, with Jackson Job, his stuff is just stupid good. Um, like, it, it's an amazing slider, good fastball. It's 96 uh, mile per hour. It's a cutter for strikes. Changeup is a really good pitch. Like, he's got it. It's just a matter of the opportunity, and sadly, like you shouldn't be stashing it because Sawyer Gibson Long and Reese Olson both need to get fed, and uh, they're going to get it before
0: Jackson job Well, and even right now, I don't believe that Casey Mize even slots into their rotation, and he is going to be who takes? Are you saying Reese Olson does instead? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on where you're looking. I know that roster Mm -hmm. resource right now has Reese Olson over Casey Mize, but that's interesting.
1: Um, I just assumed and, I mean Casey Mize coming back is gonna like right. it, as long as he's healthy they
0: they know that's there but and you and I both like Olsen too so you know yeah it, there's a lot of competition I think Job is nasty he's sick <laughs> he he walked also he walked six guys last year he faced almost 300 hitters he walked six guys like but he but he also throws mid 90s with a wipeout slider like, I it's, still it's, remember it's the four
1: guys I walked my junior year and it bothers me. <laughs> One of them was not a walk. One of them, one of them was absolutely ridiculous. They're all strikes, and they didn't call a single one. One of them was essentially an intentional walk without an intentional walk. And the other two were my final week when I was just gassed and I hate everything.
0: Sorry, please continue. I, I love that you just went so deep on that. That's great. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, I mean, he, gosh, he remembers the six guys. You know, I'm sure he does. Like that, I'm right? sure he does. It's um, like when you hear the NFL player remembered all 13 players drafted before him. You're like, cool. That's great. It's great. Um, <laughs> no, I, I love, I, I love, not only do I love the raw stuff, but I like how he's building out the arsenal. Like the fastball is mid to upper nineties. Allegedly has like 18 inches of IVB. Awesome. Yeah. That's love insane. It. Slider is his best pitch. Great. Okay. What do you pair that with? Oh, well, how about he's going to add a cutter, which velocity-wise sits in the middle of the slider and the fastball, and movement-wise sits in the middle of the slider and the fastball. That's great. That adds deception. And then he also apparently, you know, um, you know, I didn't know a lot about him before 2023 in terms of his uh, development, but apparently 2023 was a huge step forward for his changeup. So cool. Like that has the makings of a, of a four-pitch arsenal with, a, a 2.3% walk and rate. And here's the like, thing, is Ty
1: Madden's also dope. Yeah. Like, the ti- the he hasn't tigers... been in AAA yet, you know? And But that's the thing, is Ty Madden, when he comes up, it could be this year, who knows what. We've seen deeper rotations just get absolutely demolished. Um, maybe Casey Mize just can't do it. Or someone else's, is Flaherty's not good enough, and then someone else gets hurt, then we'll, we need to go to something. Ty Madden... I mean, the video I've seen and the reports I've seen is just like he's phenomenal um, yeah. with a 96 mile per hour fastball, a gyro slider that is disgusting, um, a curve that's great. And it's high heaters as well. Um, it is a 10% walk rate that we saw in double A. So that is the biggest you know thing he needs to iron out. But with a lot of these prospects I've been seeing, it's like a lot of 13% and 14% and 10%. I'm like, oh, that's okay. We can we can fix that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I like Ty Madden and Jackson Job And when they both come up, grab them. Wilmer Flores, to me, speaks a lot more to volatility. I mean, just mechanics-wise, he doesn't have that big breaker. The curveball tries to be, and is isn't really as consistent. Uh, and everything I'm just seeing from him, I just think it's too too much of a leap to say, like, yeah, when Wilmer Flores comes up, it's going to work. I mean, just watching Ty Madden in this like, video that I have here is just, I'm absolutely enthralled. Um but uh but yeah that's that's the Tigers uh any any last thoughts there on Detroit no, just that
0: they could be really fun yeah in a in a few years so I'm super excited by that um it may seem to you like all of the Cleveland Guardians prospects are already in their starting rotation um but there are a couple we should also keep an eye on um i mean Joey Cantillo you, you got to i
1: assume i'm saying that right but like he he's the one that is going to likely make a uh, debut this year and even though he had terrible ratios in 95 innings uh, last season with a 4.64 ERA and a 1.52 WHIP, he also had 111 strikeouts, mm-hmm. and he's a lefty slinger um, with a huge slider and a legit changeup at like 94. Uh, so everything you're saying about Jackson Wolf, but like better velocity <laughs> and like more whips. Um, so he's going to be a volta one is the thing. And I remember actually doing this thinking like, oh man, J- Joey Cantillo, that that's a guy who i i'm excited about because there really isn't anything else like you look at on the on the fringe outside of the five which includes logan allen it's Xavier curry jaime Berea, and hunter gaddis right like that's I not mean, right and they were giving more time for joey and the miners than to come up last year yeah
0: i mean the so, big name is is daniel espino and it's just what we don't know he hasn't yeah, pitched 2022 because of injuries they're gonna so they're gonna injury.
1: absolutely go with joey i imagine before Yes, it's going to yeah, be Espino, yeah. just because they need to see like, hey, you're healthy and good, right? right? I mean, he's still only 23 years old next year, so or actually yeah. this year, I should say now. This year, um, yeah, he's so, the only I mean, he other like 100 name and... And had like a 20 percent swing strike rate in 2021 and 2022, then shoulder injury, and we just don't know what we're going to get.
0: So yeah, he's the guy who whose talent is worth monitoring, but I don't think you're in redraft leagues. You're really paying attention to him right out of the gate. Absolutely not.
1: Uh, but yeah, Joey is he's solid. But he's not really like to me. To me, there's just too much volatility built into it that I really think in redraft leagues he might do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. In the way he does get the opportunity.
0: You've got a a name that we should think about in Oakland, though. I mean, you know, we saw Mason Miller, we saw Joe Boyle. They, you know, they came up, they debuted. Um, you're suggesting there's somebody else in there. Yeah, there's a uh, Roy Bear Salinas. Solana? No, Salinas. I got it right. We did Salinas. Yeah,
1: Salinas. Yeah, he's a he's a big guy who throws like mid to upper nineties and has like a deep arsenal. And what? <laughs> <laughs> like I was just surprised. I remember actually watching the video and wondering, okay, is this? It must be slow because he has like three secondaries. He's throwing changed up to to breakers with his fastball, and apparently it's mid to upper nineties. Um, so he hasn't hit AAA yet. Uh, and watching this video, it really felt like that alumni coming back to pitch against the high school team <laughs> and just making them all, you know, with all his veteran tricks and stuff and just messing around with them. Um, he was in that Sean Murphy deal. It was, it's so funny to me. I remember it was Kyle Muller, Freddie Tarnock and Robert Salinas. And I initially thought like, Oh cool. Kyle Muller. That's the cool one, right? That's, that's the one that's going to be good. And then I was like, the scouts. Actually I talked to he said, no, I think Freddie Tarnock's an interesting one. So I was like, Oh man, he came up. I'm really excited. And then he got hurt. And now I realize as Robert Salinas. Roberto Salinas is the cool one. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. If he gets an opportunity, that's great. He so might get one because the A's just don't really know what's going on. At the same time, my on the fringe for Oakland was what? I had eight guys that could theoretically be a part of it. And that's uh, with three expected as starters. Right. So we'll see. It's probably Luis Medina is in there as one of the five. And then maybe Adrian Martinez, maybe hogan harris joey estes but you might see salinas before the summer and i think when salinas gets the call you want to pay attention um freddie tarnock could come back from injury uh and he had an interesting um bsb but really as blake's on blueprint going upstairs and downstairs with uh, the slider and changeup, really bad VAA and bad extension so 95 isn't actually that great and it's i'm not too in on tarnock because of that it's so much ivb like so much, but you can't only do it with that. Like, you you know, you, you got to have at least something else there. You got a better extension or better VAA to really make that work.
0: Yeah. Salinas was added to the 40-man this offseason, um, which is just an interesting note if you're yeah. just thinking about, you know, his proximity to the majors, um, you know, being on being on the 40-man already is easy for a team like or easier for a team like the athletics because they don't need to make another move in order to to promote him up so that that's an interesting name to watch um you mentioned all the names fighting for potential spots in oakland and they may not be super interesting to us but they block prospects we also have a lot of names fighting for roster spots in cincinnati um blocking some relevant prospects but are there any prospects that we should be paying attention to for the reds well, so I, you, you know me. I, I I dig
1: Nick Martinez, but him signing and also Frankie Montas just made this whole situation about Connor Phillips. Like, Connor Phillips has elite velocity, elite VAA, elite IVB, and solid extension. But man, he just can't get it upstairs. Like, it, it blows my mind. He has the dream. In some ways, he has better pitch qualities on this than Hunter Green. And... No, he doesn't throw it
0: upstairs.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he walked. He walked uh, three batters on twelve pitches and got pulled from the game. Uh, you know, in September this past year. So there might be something to be said about that. Um, however, watch Connor Phillips and see if he can in any way get some precision on high location and earning strikes with a 4 because if he can, then it's just he doesn't need anything else. Like the slider shape, uh, slider shape is really good too. It's not well commanded. Um, but man, it's so promising if that does work out. Um, there's Brandon Williamson, of course, who actually had like 94, um, during the year and cut in a cutter and a changeup at one point, then he got COVID and kind of never really came back. Um, lion, lion Richardson is not worth your time. Chase Petty is interesting. Yeah. yeah. As he, uh, he's sitting like 92, 95, as opposed to like the 97 he used to, or the, uh, I think he, they were saying like he could flirt with like a hundred. So if he gets it back, like, if he gets that velocity back, apparently he has a really good slider that sure is, and there are mistakes made with it, but um, it can be a legitimate number two as well. Um, and he has a splitter as his number three, but if I'm talking about, like, the other two not being refined, like, I can't expect the splitter to be refined. So just pay attention to him. I mean, he's, like, 20 years old. Um, I don't really think he's going to be a major thing this year, but Chase Petty, if all of a sudden starts clicking, uh the Reds have been a team in the past, like Luis Castillo. They jumped them from double A to the majors. So it's not out of the question that Chase Petty just shows up um, yeah. out of nowhere.
0: What I read um, about the fastball changes, they changed his uh, arm slot. So mm-hmm. the velocity is down, but he has way more run and mm-hmm. better command of the fastball than oh, he that's did cool. when he was throwing you know, high 90s. Yeah. Um, so that would be something to, to look at the slider is kind of like a cutter it's like 90 um so you know it seems like he's like a sinker he's almost like a like a two seam cutter to a sinker slider however you want to you know label the pitches that have those types of movement depending on how much movement they have right um, with a with a change up um but i've read that like he has like 30 plus inches of separation between the slider and the sinker. So if you tunnel those oh, yeah, well, right, that yeah, could be a right. really interesting combo. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think he's buried a little bit too much for me. Um, and yeah. people I have people I trust really like Connor Phillips. So I've got my fingers crossed. I'm hoping... I mean, uh, we see yeah, it's,
1: it's all stuff focused. Like, yeah, I think the stuff sure. on the four-seamer was and the slider grade better than Hunter Greens. So it's just can you locate the dang thing and yeah. also do the reds have that mentality of like hey get this four seamer upstairs i don't know no. I, I think they do but i don't know you know some of these organizations you really just don't know i mean i imagine when kyle was there like he was like hey please
0: cool thanks <laughs> please, please do this um he was now gonna be with the red sox he's gonna be with the red sox we're not gonna talk about the red sox yet though. no we're That's not later on <laughs> we are talking about uh, a potential prospect for maybe one of the best teams in baseball. We'll talk about that after the break. So for years, we've thought about uh, potential pitching prospects for the Braves. Uh, they seem to come up and, you know, emerge from, from out of the cornfields and the, the <laughs> Iowa fields, um, just one after the other. But there's only, there's one guy this year um, who maybe stands head and shoulders above the rest as potential redraft prospects.
1: Yeah. That's Hurston Waldrop. Um, it's funny because you want to know what his number two pitch is? It's a splitter. It's a splitter. <laughs> but here's the thing. I uh, Nick, you're going to be a hypocrite. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> no, it's just like, okay, to have a good splitter, the best splitters are the guys that throw over the top. Because to be more consistent with a splitter, um, when I threw it, it's really just about ensuring that my wrist was tight and not dipping to the right as much as possible. And wall drop is massively over the top, which then also adds more deception to the splits tumbling action. It's just really hard. You have a steeper angle coming in, which means you cannot tell how much further it's going to go down being a splitter versus the fastball. And it clearly works like uh, what was it like 40% strikeout rates or something stupid. I mean, he was he was doing some amazing things Wall drop. Uh, I don't know if they're going to rush him, though. That's the thing. And, like, you should be aware of Waldrop, but they have so many options. It's kind of wild. You have Ronaldo Lopez, who might be tried as a starting pitcher. Waskner mm. is coming back from Tommy John. Mm. Uh, you have Ian Anderson, who's going to be back uh, mm. later in the second half this year from Tommy John. You have A.J. smith Shaver, who has yeah. 17 inches of IVB, but he just didn't throw it upstairs. He threw, like, 40% upstairs. Street isn't the best VAA, but, like, it's not terrible at VAA.
0: Like I, that would, I could actually I would work have had 18 inches of of IVB. Yeah, eighteen inches of IBV, low vaa but yeah. I mean well, like he jumped this, from that, high A. He went from work. high A to the majors. Like he, and also, yeah, he's gonna time. be
1: twenty one years old. Like I think yeah. this is this is wild. Uh so there's definitely a lot of interest there. Dylan Dodd were bleh, uh Alan Weinan's. uh sorry. He has like one good thing. Um, and his four seamers just so bad Winans. It's just <laughs> like, it, it's kind of scary to me these days. Now that I understand pitch shape of just bad four seamers just terrify me. Um, Darius vines, honestly just has a good changeup and that's really it. And I wish there was more to it. So out of the gate, it's like Renato Lopez and Smith Shaver. Um, so, I mean, there is a chance on Hurston wall It's Just like, Oh dang, you need some help. Like, all right, I guess I'll do this. Uh, and it's Bryce Elder as your SP5 right now with any sort of injury concerns you have by Max Freed and Charlie Morton and Chris Sale also afloat. Right. So I'm curious how uh, Atlanta is going to make this work. And yeah, if uh, Waldrop is just killing it, then I don't know, maybe they just say,
0: whatever, let's just do this. Yeah, I'm super interested in in smith Chauver. Um I think he might be like their... They're sp6 right now i mean i think it depends on how ian anderson comes back i think you know they'll give ian anderson a shot i'm well, not that's going to be a while i'm not interested in him yeah um but, Noah,
1: know i think maybe even has a better right. and he also, he'll be and, ready
0: to go and he'll have again his prior um starting experience in, in the majors they'll probably give him a shot first but yeah. you we literally talk on the show every week about a rule named after him um which is <laughs> which is reason to have pause about a pitcher so i'm not gonna then just be like oh so obviously well, I'm gonna right. back to right. you, <laughs> know <laughs> it, you know um so i i think that smith Shaver, you know the the leap that he made to the majors and he held his own right like a 426 era is not is not brutal he didn't strike guys out right but I, I just I don't want I don't think people should unfairly write this dude off for being pushed aggressively to the majors when he was twenty um and was still, you know, in the development process. There's potential for three really good pitches here. Um and I'm I'm interested in, in Smith Shaver um, in Reed Jeffries because I think he's gonna there's a chance, you know, as much as I like Chris Sale, we talked about this a lot. Like there's a chance I Wait, also you like Chris Sale? Yeah, I do. What? I also like Chris Sale to get hurt at some point this year. Uh, Whoa,
1: hey, <laughs> hey, do not ever say that again.
0: Well, I don't Give like, as in, I don't like, as in, it makes me uh-huh. happy. I just mean, uh-huh. I like the odds of it happening.
1: Okay. Okay. So, okay, so I, I mean, I'm going to help you here. You are not actually assigning a positive emotion to it no you are saying that you I would think assign our high odds
0: yes i would i would i like in terms of like if i was talking about a bet i like the odds of that happening. yeah um, <laughs> i don't like the odds of the los angeles angels being a pretty good baseball team this year oh um boy. and i also don't know that they have any prospects to talk about uh, yeah this is Um, uh, i mean is celta
1: is in the rotation so fine there's davis daniel who showed up last year a little bit um there just isn't enough there for me to really be excited and then relevant prospects i literally wrote nothing (laughs) i didn't even focus on one guy uh yeah no we're just gonna move on next one
0: uh we got a heavy prospect team with the baltimore orioles but there's we also do. not a lot of space so i'm curious who you think might actually be redraft relevant
1: right so right now for the orioles you have grace Rodriguez, you have kyle brash and john means those are your three that you go okay cool this is absolutely what's going on there's dean kramer in there who honestly it's just a good cutter and you don't really know what else is going to happen with that four seamer tyler wells who squeezed more out of his stuff than or his arsenal than he should have last year uh and or at least it, it peaked it and then you also then have cole irvin and bruce zimmerman and you go wait a second that's it yeah that's it they're we were expecting them to sign something and then they just never did mm-hmm. so what now <laughs> and then you see wait hold on they have two guys they have chase mcdermott and they have Cade povich mm-hmm. you also have this guy justin arm brewster who which is one of the best names by the way i mean that, that's just so good uh, he has, Armbruster has 19 inches of IVB, but it comes in at 92. Um, it's fine with the VA and, and extension and all. It's just, I I don't know if that's really going to be enough at 92. And uh, the other secondaries aren't really that exceptional. So I'm a little hesitant on Armbruster. Um, But between Povich and McDermott, McDermott seems like the one to like the most. I... Uh, McDermott and Povich also have good IVB on their four seamers. McDermott comes in around 94. Um, Povich is from the left side around like 90, 91, something like that. Um, or maybe like 92. And McDermott has a decent mix of uh, curves and sliders and then a, a rare changeup, And it works like this. This. Okay, cool. Um, you know, he has a good VA as well. He goes upstairs with his fastball. Unfortunately, it's 94 and not like 97 or something, but you don't know, like guys gain velocity as they go. Maybe he's up to 95, 96. And that's a real moment where if fastballs go from 94 to 96, it matters more than going from 92 to 94. Um, and that's really where it starts to take off as far as success goes. Uh, so Chase McDermott is someone to absolutely keep an eye on, especially for the situation with the Orioles. Like it's a good home park now that Baltimore exists. It's a good team context. That's good enough defense. You're going to get some wins. You're going to uh, have a decent offense behind you. Like you want to pitch for the Orioles right now and either chase McDermott or Cape Povich, the moment they come up in 15 or 15 teamers. I'm going to add them to my teams because I think they'll get you wins and they'll be good enough. Um, They're interesting.
0: Yeah. And I think we need to mention DL hall. Um, Oh, Sure. Because the there. Orioles have said they want him to start long term, yeah, he wants recall. to start long term. Um, we know he was in the bullpen. Um, I'd imagine he's going to get a shot to earn a starting spot out of the spring, um, or they at least have him stretched out to you know to allow that to be a possibility. Um, you know, back injury at the beginning of last year kind of led to low velocity poor results at the beginning of the year but he looked he looked good out of the bullpen the velocity was definitely back um and then you know you just kind of dig into we talk about like the psyche of of pitching and there's he has openly stated too which makes me interested that like when he didn't have the velocity at the beginning of last year he had to learn how to actually pitch and like use Mm -hmm. his breaking pitches and then he got his velocity back as he got healthy and so it's like okay, may, maybe maybe he can actually stick yeah. as a starter. He's certainly more interesting to me than Dean Kremer and Cole Irvin if if they give oh him gosh, yes. a chance. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy I'm also going to watch in the spring to see, you know, if if it seems like there's a legitimate shot that he'll actually be in the rotation or get a chance to make the rotation.
1: Yeah, and for the for the real ones who have been following Pitcherless for a while, you'll remember. Um, you actually might see it on the PitchCon schedule that I'm doing this for the second time, which is uh, Trevor and Nick watch prospect pitchers together. Yeah. And uh, I used to do this. I did this, I think, in 2020 because I w- we were like, what are we going to do? Like, Trevor, can you prepare this for me? Because I don't know anything. And that is when I said the statement. This is 2020. The deal Hall is going to be better than Mackenzie Gore. And it was such a laughable statement. Well, let me tell you, that might come true this year. Okay. The real ones. You've been with me for four years. We've been waiting for this moment. Even when D.L. Hall got Tommy John. We're still waiting. (laughs) It's going to come true. We're going to see it.
0: May not have to wait much longer. Um, We may not have to wait also for two prospects in Milwaukee um, who I think are pretty interesting.
1: Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you could say that maybe Aaron Ashby is kind of like one, by the way. I know we're not, but... That, that, I, he's going to get opportunities now that hauser's gone uh which is pretty cool um now robert gasser and jacob Mizarowski are the two guys as far as just electricity mizerowski is one of the most filthy pitchers <clears throat> around uh it, it's ridiculous he throws upper 90s um hit 101 in the futures game and he has just a ridiculous slider that is just like oh well okay i'm just gonna go now uh, and then a '90s cutter that he can throw for strikes, right? Like it's a huge this is it too? It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, massive extension to like the lower arm angle makes that four seamer soar upstairs. It's, yeah. it's it's crazy. The thing is, we haven't really seen him in AAA yet, and we don't know if he's going to have a good enough walk rate to be a consistent starter. Uh, they might move him into being a, a bullpen piece, which would be so annoying. And I'm just going to hate everything. Um, it's kind of like how like we'll talk about another guy in the Mariners that I just oh my god I hate that they're doing it to him um, but I uh, Mizorowski is someone the second that he starts it's just bam and if we hear that the Brewers might be starting him, or they're gonna say like, yeah we consider him a starting pitcher he might be the one that I would say stash him right because Mizorowski is just everything you look for in elite prospect pitching um, and then Robert Gasser despite the name unfortunately does not light up the the radar gun um it's not this like 99 mile per hour pitch it's like 92 however it's a weird delivery it, it's from the left side and it's flat but uh, i it, it's it's not extended out it's not this long arm angle thing like you think of like minaya and heaney and these slingers like it's closer to him and because of that he gets the flat arm angle but then it's uh, he doesn't get the the wild command that you normally see so i'm kind of interested like he can go upstairs with this with a really good vaa at 92 um and he's working on a, a cutter so they can hopefully get something better for right handers um and then he has a really good slider that takes out lefties i was really surprised that gasser didn't come up last year uh, when the it's birds definitely needed six help. He has he six six
0: pitches Last year, he he used six pitches at least 10% of the time. (laughs) Um, And we talked about that with, um, I think it was Bassett, but we talked about like that was one of the things that Eno always said is like stuff plus kind of starts to get thrown out the window when you have guys that throw five or more Mm. pitches. Um, And so Gasser is interesting because like he may not, he may, there may be some Bassett. In him, in the sense that, like, he's never gonna be like, oh my God, this guy is so good. But he also never, be, may be like, may never be like, oh, this guy is bad. Like, he sure. may just be a really solid pitcher that you have on your fantasy team and you don't really think twice about it. It's like he, he does his thing and he mixes and matches and he's able to attack guys in different ways when, when things aren't working. And you look up at the end of a year and you're like, okay, that's a pretty good year. There you go.
1: Uh, and I, I have to mention, The Brewers really have four starters right now. It's like Wade Miley, Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, and uh, Aaron Ashby. So then you're going to likely see Colin Ray as your number five, Mm -hmm. but Gasser could just take the job out of camp. Yeah. Uh, And Jansen Junk is the other one, which is really fun. They got Junk and Gasser and neither of them really live up to their name. Um, So Jansen Junk should not be that guy. I would love to see Gasser out of camp do it, and I would take a chance on that. What the heck? It, it would be uh, interesting.
0: It would be interesting to me if if Ashby makes the rotation, if they also go with Gasser, and they go three lefties in the rotation, um, sure. which isn't unheard of. Uh, it's right. rare, but it's not unheard of. So that would be, I'd be curious about that. But I I think, you know, Mizorowski is like super exciting, and Gasser is probably closer.
1: Well, yeah, we're going to see Gasser before Mizorowski, but hot dang, if Mizorowski is just so good and they go, eh, whatever, <laughs> yeah, but- I would be so thrilled about it. Yes. Um, not to mention, if Gasser does get the promotion, it would hint more to me that Mizorowski is closer because Gasser is going to be in the major leagues, but first, right? So it just makes it to the domino. Everyone takes one step up. A little you, bit
0: have to, you have to feel like the Mizorowski promotion is tied to the Burns trade. Right? oh like, yeah like when yeah. Mizarowski shows that he is ready enough that the mm-hmm. Brewers think, okay, we can put this guy in the rotation is when they start thinking, okay, where do we trade burns to because you know we know he's a free agent at the end of the year that seems like it that relationship has soured um, yeah so that that could be an interesting development as well absolutely
1: um the Mariners are next,
0: yeah, you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. You've got some frustrating oh boy. guys
1: there. So, I, I, okay, first and foremost, there's Emerson Hancock who made his MLB debut last year. Um, if you watched it on playback.tv with me, uh, it was a fun time. Really good sinker that gets, I think, a lot of outs. And it's going to still be doing that a ton. Kind of think like what Brady Singer can do with his or, um, you know, at, at the peak, it's Logan Webb. Uh, and then, Changeup is really good. Didn't trust it enough. And Slider's solid. Like, it's, it's a Toby esque um, arsenal. And hopefully, Hancock can get better. Um, as he was dealing with a shoulder injury that ended his season, but was just grade one, not grade three. So grade one being a low number is a good thing when we talk about injuries. Um, it's a lesser grade. So Emerson should be the one, I think, after descofani I see Escofani is a number six. I see Emerson Hancock's number seven right now. And then they have, okay, all right. They have three guys here. Um, you know, Jimmy Joyce could show up. Uh, it's like a two-seamer and a changeup. And then curveball is a mix-up. I don't really care, so I'm going to move on from Jimmy Joyce. I, I don't really think that anyone should be paying attention to him. There's Taylor Dollard, who is I think he's a pretty in, uh, interesting guy. He has a had a labrum injury, um, so unfortunately, like he's low 90s. Um, he's not really the kind of thing that stands out in a big way, so. So, sadly, we won't really see him if we do it all until mid-year at the earliest. I and mean, it might even just be like September. So then there's a guy who actually showed up in relief last year for the Mariners. The guy that really matters. It's Prelander Baroa. And oh my gosh, I know he's going to relieve and I hate it. But man, if Baroa starts, it's Spencer Strider. Like this is Spencer Strider. And even Christian Javier with better velocity. You know, it's just why well i mean i get it you have all these other guys and it's yeah, like because well, no, we're rotation and he's gonna be so good full. yeah as a as a but it's just ah treat them away like have barroa you know he's so good it's such a devastating four seamer and such a devastating slider and like ugh, it's so good that's that's all i got there
0: yeah i it's this is a team where like if somebody starts to emerge early on in the year, like you you pay attention because we've seen the Mariners put together solid pitching prospects. Most of their guys that I think are like quote-unquote next up besides Emerson Hancock, who you mentioned, are like in high A right now. Um, yeah. So I don't know that they'll be here this year i mean they um, do skip
1: but, yeah. over AAA because they don't like bcl do, for sure so yeah. if they are pitching in AA right away we might see them quickly it's kind of how why like brian Wu and bryce miller weren't really on our radar as much sure because we thought it would be later but yeah they don't have the need that they did last year so yeah uh, maybe they will but all signs point to like three workhorses and gilbert and kirby and castillo and then you have may uh miller and Wu, who should also be workhorses so right and, Han- and Han- Hancock next man up um oh yeah De- I mean De is your number six right now in long relief yeah. which I don't expect to get the rotations by. I expect it's you know he's their backup because come on it's just a slider it's like he throws it over and it's what I call him I said that um Descafani uh oh yeah this is to quote SK Rot which I from our chat he says please Mr. Slider can I have some war <laughs> uh is his is his quote for Descafani, which I think is beautiful. Um, so, yeah, they don't want to be trusting Descafina. It's like such a downgrade to me because everything else is just not good. For sure. Um, so, Prelander, man. Oh, I just want to see Prelander start, please. You also please.
0: don't want to be trusting any of the Royals pitching prospects. Um, no. It certainly hasn't worked in the past, but I feel like there's maybe nothing on the horizon this year either. Nope. Uh, I mean, you have like, I don't know, the the guys that you
1: already know and they're just disappointed, like Daniel Lynch. Yeah. Um, Alec Marsh is kind of
0: interesting. Yeah, look, I got him to say it, finally. Only kind of, this.
1: because he has really good VAA. And by the, but guess what he does? He throws it low. He throws it low. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it drives me up the wall, Eric. Look, guys, I'm not trying to say that I'm smarter than everyone or something like that, but come on. We know this. We know these things. And that just, and it's not like it's, it, it's clearly intentional to go low is the problem I have. Like some guys just have struggles getting the ball upstairs. I, I understand that. But no, he's, he had an 11 strikeout game. What did he do? He had his four-seamer get whiffs upstairs. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then there's Chris Bubich who got Tommy John in April 2023. Kyle Wright at some point again.
0: Um, No, we move on. We move on. We move on to the Washington Nationals. <laughs>
1: oh. No. Okay, so Mackenzie Gore is there. He doesn't throw it upstairs. I actually did this podcast, I think, like today um, on them. So he doesn't throw it upstairs at all, and it's pretty annoying and frustrating. DJ Hers is the only one, really, um, yeah. I think that we might be seeing somewhat soon because there just isn't anything else. Yarl and Susanna, like, throws 103, but uh, he's 19. Uh, he was in the Soto deal and right. uh, he's probably a season away if not two or three right and there's um, still Kate cavalli great. but he's hurt
0: so yeah Kate cavalli
1: i mean he okay so we saw him in 2022 and then he got tommy john um before 2023 started so he's going to be in the mid-season but even then it's like he's going to have to re- relearn exactly. some things to be yeah. better than what he was um cole henry is interesting uh but not enough at all um, he has like two pitches. One's a ninety-four mile per hour heater. Like, okay, but DJ Hertz is someone who had a fifteen percent swing strike rate in both the Cubs and Nationals in twenty twenty three. He's a slinging southpaw. He's got a fastball, changeup, breaker. Like, it's it's like your Heaney stuff, and maybe that does work. Um, it, and it worked.
0: He was much better after the trade. Um, mm. so who
1: knows? Fourteen percent walk rate overall is the biggest concern. Yes, for sure. But he does like have the mold. It looks like that this could work like the fastball does play more than you would think and uh, DJ hers is probably the SB2 on the, the Nationals next year
0: yeah he's got a chance to break camp he he looked pretty good in, in the AFL um, you know one two nine whip is not ideal but it's weirdly like an improvement in terms of right. command so, from what we've seen before um, so he's a guy who who I think has a chance to I think he has a chance to, to break right no I'm with you
1: I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely um, with you here so all uh,
0: right yeah and then we've got the rotation of the Texas Rangers um, <laughs> another team that just has so many injured veterans who might be back over the summer um, and would take the place of prospect call-ups but you got anybody who you think is actually relevant besides the so, I guess the one big name
1: there's Jack lighter you might know him uh, kind of he kind of was good and then really regressed, honestly. And then finally, it looked like in the end of the year, he started to get back his fastball. Uh, so it, that's a huge, huge deal um, with a big breaking ball. And it, I, I'm generally one of the, the guys that really believes in those that go through adversity and then come back and are stronger for it. Um, so I do wonder if the Rangers will go for Jack Leiter if he's really good out of the gate. And keep in mind, like, they don't have many backups. There's Cody Bradford, who you just don't want to do. Cody Bradford just isn't it. He has really good extension and IV band, the heater, but it's 90 miles per hour. Terrible VAA. So you can't really make it work like that. Um, Owen White is someone that actually will be involved at least, but it's just not It's not it. I, I can't I can't tell you enough. Like It used to be like a 16% swing strike rate, and now it's like 11% and 8% through the minors. Tyler Mali, uh I hope that he's good as a game as the season goes on. But same with Scherzer. But it's like Dane Dunning and Heaney and I uh, and John Gray and Ivaldi, and then Degrom will also show up at some point. It's like, wait, who's your SP five right now? I don't really know. It's Dunning, Heening, 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 Dunning, Heaney, Gray, and Ivaldi, because yeah. you have Degrom and Scherzer on the on the men. Same with Mali. So, it's probably Owen White or Cody Bradford, and that's not very exciting. So, if Jack is killing it, or maybe if Josh Stefan is, or Steppen, I don't know how else to say it. Double uh, A last year, he was 66 innings of a 30% strikeout rate with a 5% walk rate. Now, it's because of the slider being really good. Um, Change-up is eh, and the fastball is eh, um, but he was able to throw a lot of sliders and do it for strikes. So, that will do it in double a AA. now triple a i don't really know so
0: we'll see yeah to me they're they're they also are ripe for like maybe a one-year contract on a veteran pitcher this is what the Ooh. rangers do though i mean i've never really
1: yeah. thought of the rangers as a good development uh organization well they like the a Ra- that was trade, trade athletics they did that fair right um the rangers didn't really do that so something to think about with it. Like they won the world series by signing everything. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe like the hitters, they, they actually developed, but on pitching side, they just signed them.
0: Yeah. And a lot of the pitching prospects that I see in there are potentially bullpen guys, right? Um, So who knows? It's, it's not the most electric uh, of possibilities. It's also not the most electric of possibilities uh, with the Colorado Rockies.
1: Yeah, it's a guy named Joe Rock, which is just such a perfect name for Colorado. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, but I, uh, yeah, it, it's just the stuff isn't good enough, and course it's undefeated. This Carlson mm-hmm. Palmquist, who's actually like really interesting, has a weird delivery from the left side. Thirty four percent strike rate in double A across ninety two innings. I I wonder if everything else is good enough. It's a much, well oh, sorry, it's a it's a really good slider um from palm quiz he also has a changeup i think that is developing um but he just doesn't have like an overpowering heater it, it's strange and again I, I can't buy into it it's colorado you know um there's chase dollander yeah who they shut down in 2023 as they wanted to take him slow or take it slow from there was a major pick last year in the draft um but uh I, I don't know, man. I can't, I just can't suggest it. Even if Chase Dollander is really good, like it's still Colorado. Yeah. And it's just
0: such a tough gamble to make. Yeah. I I mean, I like everything I've read about Dollander, but it's the Rockies who don't aggressively promote prospects with a guy, mm. you know, with what, like no real minor league experience. I yeah. Just, I don't see it happening this year.
1: Um, Now, the next one, though, is St. Louis Cardinals, who are kind of interesting. Like, Tink Hentz has gotten a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. Um, He's upper 90s. He's just also 21. And uh, I don't know, he pitched in double-A last year, okay? We don't know if he's going to jump into triple-A and then soar and then get here in the summer. I'd say for redraft leagues right now when Tink Hentz arrives, cool, grab him. Do you need to stash him? I don't think so. Uh, it's it's a good foundation. He has a changeup and slider combo. He has a, a big seventies um, curveball, but I but he doesn't also have six inning games from last year. Like mm-hmm. he's still developing that as well. Um, Roby is the guy that I think the Cardinals are going to go with first. And yeah. uh, watching him, I kind of liked him a lot. Like high four seamer with a big curveball, um, and He's, he's someone that I'm going to be aware of quickly because when it comes to the options for the Cardinals, it's Zach Thompson, Drew Rahm, and Matthew Libertor right now. Matthew Libertor to me is just kind of not there anymore. He was 94 for a moment, and then he really fell off again, and just the slider isn't as good. And it's just I'm not there for that. Drew Rahm cracks me up because he throws his sinker at like a low horizontal arm angle and his four seamer upstairs, and so does the slider. Like, why are you doing this? I I, I don't get it. I know that you get more movement by being lower on the sinker. I understand. But you are just telegraphing what it is. I, I don't. Why would you do this? And Zach Thompson. Ugh, like he is so intriguing. But no, it, it's like a worse Kershaw in every way. Um, and Samulski right now is telling me and apparently I didn't get the tweet that Paxton went to the Dodgers. It's funny. I just wrote I think uh, for someone else that they should pick up the the uh, Paxton.
0: It's, uh, it is soon to be finalized. Apparently one year, $12 million deal. It's such a Dodgers thing. Yeah. Like, cool. Let's just take the good high upside guy. Right. For $12, and we'll million the good million high upside money. guy who won't throw a full season. And we just, right. Like, we'll, we'll just get we'll do it. it out of right? this
1: is yeah. cool because this is going to be our guy before Walker Bueller. Like we won't have Walker Bueller start the year. We'll have Paxton start the year. Then Paxton will get hurt. And we bring him Walker Bueller, and we're all
0: set that's what's gonna happen it's a it's a it's a good kind of like low under the radar move i think some people are down on paxton we know that we're not well, um why don't be down on paxton i know if he's healthy he's
1: generally of quality he got fatigued and everything from too many innings. it will be like 10 good starts
0: from paxton everything's gonna be fine right with great team context now um yeah. i'm with you on the tacoa roby thing um i i prefer him to tinkent's right now understanding that tinkent's could potentially be better. Um I think that Roby is really good. Um and I like the pitch mix. I mean he's got four pitches. Also yeah. like he's a right-handed pitcher who um according to stuff I've read had a 20 over a 21% K-minus walk rate against lefties because mm. he has a, a changeup as his fourth pitch that was still yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I love all of that. I mean a big curve gyro slider like high nineties fastball um, I also kind of love for him, like the rotation in front of him. Mm,
1: so, like you're saying, like the right, the veterans in front in front of him, maybe helping yeah, like, him. And, I mean, the, yeah.
0: the Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn of it all is like
1: Sunny Gray. Mm. Right. What did uh, What did Pablo Lopez say? As I, was like, hey, when did you start throwing front hip sinkers to lefties? Ever since I started being
0: in rotation with Sonny Gray. <laughs> <laughs> well, that so that's I meant when I I mean that's actually a really good point. I meant I like the guys in front of him, as in I don't trust that I don't trust them really. Like I don't trust Washington no, and yeah, Lance right. Lynn to stay through the year, and I think that provides opportunities. Yeah, the, the sunny advantage. gray, the sunny gray point is is good in terms of you know development. Um, interesting to note though that like neither Takoa Roby or Tink Hens are on the forty man, so mm. you know there's a better chance that you see. Matthew Libertor, Drew Rock. Zach Thompson is yeah. probably the one. Guys like that. Um, So that'll be a little frustrating. Right. Um, but definitely, I mean, I think once once either
1: of those guys comes up, you have to be picking them up. And right. they should definitely be on your spring awareness of like, if they kill it, like they will be up very quickly, I think. Yeah. And there's also Michael McGreevy, uh, because, you know, he doesn't really look like a, a, it could be like a Toby. And I've seen guys like this all the time in the Cardinals organization. Um, he's like low 90s heater, um, you know, maybe sinker focused with some decent secondaries and he might get some opportunities. Um, but uh, but yeah, like wait for him to develop a little bit more. Um, and we have some other teams to talk about. We have about like 10 or so and then we're going to do our rankings. I know it's a little bit long on this podcast. What do you know? Um, we're going to talk about all of them after this break.
0: One of the most talked about prospect pitchers Mitch White. Blue Jays organization. <laughs> it's Mitch White. <laughs> uh, no, uh, who, it's who just we're one about guy. The yeah. Ricky
1: Tiedemann is going to be known as like top five. I mean, when we do these ranks before uh, later on, it's Tiedemann going to be there. I don't know how to feel about Tiedemann. Um Last year, I remember tweeting out Ricky Tiedemann is the truth because I saw one inning of him and he was on like 99 and just was just beautiful. Right. Uh, The thing is, he's really actually like 95. He doesn't have the greatest uh, shape to everything. It's a really low IVB, but it's a really good VAA, right? Because it's just lower. Um, Changeup is high stuff plus stuff and uh, and high stuff plus stuff. Yeah, that's what I said. And uh, slider is really good. So everyone's gonna like this it, 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 there's also the history of bad health. I mean, he's been hurt yeah. a lot. he got slowed down in last year because of it. um I I worry I mean, I talked about this with you when we went over Tiedemann in our ranks. I uh, that I don't I don't want to stash I really don't want to stash anyone. honestly, that's just like how I feel about stashing pitchers in April. It's only when there isn't anything that I can grab right now that has potential to be like an SP five or someone that i'm actually getting value out of now confidently and i think april and may is just so valuable for you to um to get value now um then it is like in july or in august because you'll be surprised if you get value now you actually might have that also in july and august and titan to me is someone that just isn't going to be there um it's a full rotation of five guys right now
0: is it who's the fifth
1: to you uh it is kikuchi Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, you say oh Manoa, I'm I apologize. Yeah. Uh, it's Manoa. But they also got um I believe Yael uh, Rodriguez. Yeah, but or? I think
0: yeah. they Rodriguez, I, everything I read is that he's a closer. Like that mm-hmm. his stuff played up much better in Japan when they moved him to the bullpen. That obviously I guess they'll give him a chance to start, but that he is he is a reliever. Right. Um so to me, it's like, yeah, maybe he starts. Maybe, the, maybe Manoa breaks camp. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't know what spring's going to look like. Yeah, um, sure. You know, I, I think, like when you factor in the, you know, the eighteen innings that he threw in the Arizona Fall League, you know, you're looking then at basic math, Eric, forty-four. You're looking at like almost sixty innings for Tiedemann. So you know, they're not going to push him aggressively. Like maybe he gets to ninety or a hundred if you're being optimistic. Um, but I, I just think the reason I'm interested in him is I think that there is a that fifth rotation spot is a concern, and if they don't add anybody, I think there's a chance that Tiedemann can actually start the year yeah. in the rotation. But I think part of the reason I brought him up when we talked you know, on a podcast a couple weeks ago is because I think you'll know, you'll know in spring, right? You'll know because if Alec Manoa looks good, Tiedemann's not going to break camp. If, if Yaya Rodriguez looks like he's going to start Tiedemann's not going to break camp. And then if he's not going to break camp, there's no reason for them to fast track him when he's going to be on an innings limit. So he probably, you know, they slow play him and use him in the second half of the year in the majors if they need him at the start of the year i think that they might put him in the rotation because you mm-hmm. know if we don't have a fifth starter and he looks good like let's just use him and we'll figure out the rest down and the, the road. thing is
1: we've also seen so the beginning of the year is always weird because a lot of times teams can go four man rotation out of the game uh other times they'll go you know what we see our schedules we get a little bit more a few more off days we can go bullpen game on the fifth one and then we have four man or something like that and it could be extended like three, four weeks into the season before these call-ups happen sometimes mm-hmm. for that reason. It, it, it bothers me that we would ever get a bullpen game in the first two weeks of the year, but it happens. <laughs> yeah. um, on the point of Manoa, when I wrote about the Blue Jays, I think like a week or two ago, uh, I was actually really surprised at how, uh, how simple it looked to fix Manoa. Like it was very clear. Oh, cool! Four seamers just got hit so much harder. Thirty-three percent ICR to right-handers to fifty-two percent, and he lost velocity. He still actually had a really high swing strike rate against righties with a four seamer last year. Which is like, wait, what? Really? And that that loss of velocity, um, I think, was a big deal. Also, just getting fewer strikes on a slider. Like I, uh, he had he had stupid low. Um, you know, strike rates on that slider and uh, especially the lefties. So it's it's kind of interesting where I can imagine Manoa got into like a bad rhythm for a moment mm-hmm. and then it all, you know, you can the intangibles about like Manoa being whatever those issues are um, off the field and those kind of um, uh, reinforce each other and amplified each other and that's what happened. Uh, because uh, let's be honest, like we just don't see guys fall off the cliff like manoa did uh those were it wasn't just like one good season it was two it was a rookie year and then backing it up across 190 obviously there were metrics in there say hey cool maybe you're a little bit fortunate absolutely but that regression is just unheard of as a guy that was universally top 25 not really like close to top 20 consensus starting pitchers and just nothing after on your third season not like oh age hit um so or injury hit or something so i can see it coming back more so from manoa than i can a lot of other guys that said i think you make a great point about the fragility of the entire jays rotation um even if it's not manoa like we see guys get hurt
0: before the season starts all the time yeah and we'll see manoa i mean there's the pitch clock narrative you know which i think has some validity i think my concern more with manoa is these like weird cryptic rumors that like he was getting injections in his throwing arm at the end of the season to deal with some sort of discomfort like you know i i was reading all about it because i had to cover like off-season blurbs for roto world and you know in in defending manoa and talking about why they still believed in him the blue jays um we're talking about like how he had to deal with you know arm injuries or arm soreness at the end of the year and it involved some injections and you're like okay but but what is that like what does that mean though like yeah. for for what and to what extent and uh-huh. all this apparently happened when he was in the extended spring training site at the end of the year so you know there's a lot of that stuff that like we need to start un- unpacking yeah. as spring training sure. comes and um but we're going to unpack more prospect talk because the hey, next prospect there we we're go. going to talk about is one of the ones i'm most excited
1: about right so we're going to it's talk, talk chicago about Cubs. Uh, yes yeah, chicago cubs um hayden wesnesky was someone that we were hoping for and it's not really going to work out he's That's kind of like the on the front I with them. oh i of course i know oh i i'm leading through i always go through the fringe as much as i can first i know okay javier smiles, better days are behind him. javier Assad, i'm not a fan of i don't really think this stuff's good enough and Hayden Wisniewski is the other option, but they might just move him as a, a reliever. They hopefully want to have him start is what I've seen, but um, really it's just a really good sweeper that wasn't as good last year and then everything else was not nearly what it wanted to be. I mean, his four-seamer last year had a 51% ICR and 11 inches of IVB. 11, not like 17, 14. 18, like 11. So Kate Horton exists, but I, do you like Ben Brown more? Nah, we like uh, we like Kate Horden. Kate Horton's really good. And uh, he throws ninety four, ninety five, and very good spin efficiency. I don't know the number for like IVB. It's annoying. It's double A. And if you guys are wondering, why does double A matter versus triple A? Every single t- stadium in the minor leagues has Hawkeye or Trackman. It, um, uh, w- Institute is what I want to say. Installed. Thank you. Installed. Nick, my brain is there. It's cool. I'm thinking myself. It's installed in all the stadiums. That means we get that SACAS data. Double uh, A, we don't. It's very inconsistent. Some places mm-hmm. do, some places don't. It's a little bit not you know, um, always calibrated the same way. So it's just I don't listen to it in Double A and below, uh, which is unfortunate. Now, Def Pontus put out a tweet saying that he had a 1215 spin axis. And what that means is if you look at a clock where the hour hand is at 1215 is where the spin axis is. You want to be right on 12 to be 100%. That's really good. 1215 is like, whoa, that's that's really good at spin efficiency, which generally means best for IVB. If you're really spin efficient on the four-seamer, generally means you're going to get above average vertical rise. And that's cool at 94.95. So that's nice. He has a ridiculously good slider as well. And sure, curve and changeup exists. They need to be a little bit better, but they exist. The two pitches of the fastball slider feel like Kate Horton is a relatively safe one. Mm-hmm. um versus other ones and then you look at of course the other starters for the Cubs you got Jordan Wicks as their SP5 now um initially we didn't know that they're going to get Shota Imanaga which I still cannot believe the deal that the Cubs got this is insanely good Shota is going to just be I <laughs> ugh, I'm sorry he's going to be amazing get him in every fantasy draft let's just move on from that <laughs> um but I Jordan Wicks, I don't really believe in. I thought I did initially at the first start. I loved from Wicks, and then watching him more, I just don't think there's enough that's good. The changeup can be very good, but it was only a 59% strike rate, and he had to lean on everything else, which just is not good enough. And as I mentioned, Javier Assad and Drew Smiley are not good enough, and Hayden Wisniewski, we'll see. So it's really just then Cade Horton. And Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to see Cade probably in the first two, three months of the year, um, if not sooner. Uh, so i'm a fan of that one and then there's caleb killian who i um, sorry i saw him in the when he debuted and stuff and it wasn't really that exciting i, I apologize but there's just not enough electricity to care about it in a um in a 12 teamer he doesn't have that overpowering four seamer it's more like sinkers and then i don't know <laughs> like it's just uh, uh, sorry the knuckle curve that he has yeah. um but uh but yeah it's just not what you want and then ben brown is kind of interesting it's a 95, 96 mile per hour fastball, but is isn't good VAA. It's solid IVB um, but and, and good extension, so that might be good enough. Uh, but they moved him to the pen a little bit in uh, September. It might have been just to kind of uh, protect him after coming back from injury. And it's four seamers and sliders and that's it. So you might see Kate Horton as the starter and then Ben Brownmore as a reliever, but they might just throw him in AAA and say, like, "All right, can you develop four now?
0: That'd be great. Thanks, because we need you by like June, <laughs> we, and that might work out." Just to point out, also you you mentioned that Horton's changeup is fine. It was it was a new pitch for him last year too. So what oh, thing Hall. to think about. Um, uh, he was like uh, messing around with the with the grip of it. Um and so again a pitch that you know maybe develops more with a full offseason of continued development of it and yeah. work on it um and you know so there's some another potential level there. Absolutely. Um we have four rotations left and I think we're going to skip over this next one because even though we're used to the Astros having tons of relevant pitching prospects um I don't really think there are any for this year. Yeah, um
1: you know, with the Astros, I mean, we're not going to call like a, like a or Luis Garcia or, or, like, or like, like Connor Brown,
0: who's already in the, so like
1: Forrest Whitley, uh, Trey Dombrowski. I mean, look, what's going to happen is going to be some rando that just shows up and it's good so, enough and it's just going to bother this, us this year's JP France. Yeah, there you go. Um, but let's be honest, like none of this is anything that you should be stashing or really be aware
0: of out of the gate. So yeah, we can move on here. Um, the big name for the Phillies who you should know uh, you shouldn't know for 2024 because Andrew Painter is out for the entire year after Tommy John surgery but there's another name you think maybe we should pay attention to it's Mick Abel
1: um, and he's their SP6 uh, I remember actually while I was writing the Phillies I texted Ellen Adair and I was like hey so um, who's uh who's your SP6 and uh, she says I have no idea <laughs> uh matt strom or nick nelson i mean it's really it's Mick abel and honestly if there's an injury before the season starts like Mick abel will be in that rotation mm-hmm. um he has uh a slider cutter that is just legit um that he just throws all the time um and then 93 94 mile per hour fastball in the spring he was sitting at 97 98 last year and that's not gonna stick that was adrenaline and stuff but that'd be cool if it does if he's on like 96 even and throwing that slider and cutter like that itself is enough, and then whatever, uh, you know, change ups he throws in there too. And I think actually has like an actual cutter, but the slider is, well, I believe, it's like upper nine, uh, upper eighties, and then the cutter maybe is like ninety one or something. I don't know. Um, he's legit, and I uh, I think that once Mick Abel does arrive, if it is that. High of a fastball. Like, if it's not 93 and not really having all the excellent shape, then you're in trouble. Yeah. But if it is a proper heater, that slider foundation is so good that I don't know, you're going to get wins and the defense is better for the Phillies. uh You're going to want to consider McAble Fury fantasy teams.
0: And again, another situation that you'll probably know in the spring um, just how much yep. to consider it. Absolutely. Uh, I, before he got injured, was super in. On Jake Eder. Eater? Eder. Eater. Eater. Eater? Eater. Oh, as in, like, the. You know, Eater is one of my favorite websites to go check, like, new restaurants and stuff. It's great. It's like, uh, I was thinking of Purple People Eater. Heater. The Eater Heat Maps. Um, <laughs> we're going to get some Eater Heat Maps eventually when he gets to the big leagues. Uh, but he looked really good in my in Miami or in the Miami organization before getting uh, injured. And then he was uh, part of the Jake Burger trade. Mm-hmm. um uh, should i be back in on jake eater um with the white the Spider
1: is yeah. super good i don't know how good the heater is it's throwing ninety two ninety four as opposed to like it's really nice uh fastball they had before tommy john so i imagine he's going to get more time in the majors i'm actually some in the afl was not really impressed at all okay like i i actually got a moment to sit down it's funny i, I watched eric Loggenhagen's video on jake eater and I heard myself talk because I was hanging out with Eric as he made that nice. <laughs> I didn't even notice it was Jake Eater. I was like, "Oh, is that Jake Eater? Oh my gosh! Wow, he's not looking very good. <laughs> That's so bad." Um, but I, uh, but yeah, Jake. Uh, Jake's interesting. I remember I'm freaking out when the the trade happened with with Burger. I mean, Eater for Burger. All the jokes have been made already. I'm not going to yeah, do this, of course. But I, uh, the thing is, the White Sox. Like, wh- okay. There is Garrett Crochet, who I don't really like that much, and I wrote about him inside the rotation breakdown, and we'll talk about it another time. But it just—it's it, not the same pitch it used to be. Um, Tukey Desant is just okay. They need random innings. Fine. Jared Schuster's here now. I feel like I'm roasting. Um, no, uh, Chad Cool and Jacob Woodford. That is Amish Mustang are both minor league invites, and I wouldn't be surprised if one of them is there just as a depth piece for more uh, innings because it's like flexing Soroka. Eric Fede, Michael Kopech, and Dylan Cease. And Cease is probably going to be dealt. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Davey
0: Garcia's in Chicago still?
1: Oh, I I totally forgot about that one. I should have added it to my fringe stuff here. Davey Garcia, maybe he's looking better all of a sudden. I've totally forgotten about him as a Yankee fan. And nope. Um, Sean Burke was the guy that last year we were saying, hey, the White Sox are going to need some help. And he's the first guy up to get opportunities. But then he got hurt. He had shoulder soreness and he only had nine games in AAA. Uh, He does get good extension in IVB, but it's a low 90s velocity and bad VAA. So we're not in on that one. Changing curve are there, but like it's not something you want to consider for fantasy. So Nick Mestrini, this is the guy. This is like legitimately, I think Morrison than Jake Eater is the one that you're going to focus on. And he was the guy from the Dodgers because of course came in the Dodgers, you know, he was good. Uh, in the Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly deal. And his four-seamer is a low to mid-90s pitch with really good IVB and good enough VAA. Slider and Change do a really good job of tunneling off of it. Um, He had a 30% trust strikeout rate in AAA. The walk rate has always been weird, but Nastrini, if he gets this opportunity, like you're going to pay attention and see how it goes. Yep. I'm not going to say that he's going to kill it. The White Sox also. I, I think Rob Silver was saying that they're projected to lose more games than the A's last year. It's Which that. is just, oh boy, good old wins. Um, you likely don't really want to take a chance on Nick Ostrini, But uh, if his four-seamer is
0: destroying, then yeah, you want to pay attention to that. Uh, another name to keep an eye on because they have to keep him on the major league roster is uh, Shane Drohan who they picked up in the rule five draft from the Red Sox. Hmm. Um, he was really good in double a, and then he got called up to triple a and he got shelled um, because his, he just, he didn't really miss in the zone. Um, but he was, was pretty good at all of the levels for the Red Sox before triple a, Um, he's going to have to be on the major league roster. And so if the command improves, then he's like a deep league only guy, but he's the kind of guy that the White Sox may be like, nah, you can start every five days. Yeah. You know, I mean, they made Tukey DeSant do it. Right. right. You're just like, it's a, it's a lefty, like change up heavy arsenal that you're just like, okay, maybe if you're in an AO only league um, or something like that, like he's a guy to keep an eye on just because of, role and that's really it like yeah he's the kind of guy where you know he has to he's he is a starter like he is slated by most places to be in the white Sox bullpen because again they have to keep him on the roster and he's not going to push one of those five veterans but he has been a starter so if they get you know deal with some injuries he gets pushed into the rotation all of a sudden you know you've just got some guy who you hope is like getting you quality starts
1: yeah, I mean, here's the thing, too. Like, if you remember Atlanta just going through all these things last year, it's kind of like that with the White Sox this year. Same with, like, Oakland Athletics kind of thing. With a, Christian May Kai
0: Bush are also here. With a much worse team context.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, Christian, both of these guys could get their opportunities. Kai Bush is a little more exciting. But I really don't think that either of them are someone. They say, oh, man, they're getting the call. I need to go and get him yeah. and pick him up now. So you can really just be patient and wait and see on those guys, too. That's Christian Maina and
0: uh, Kai Bush. Um, We made it cool. to the end with the final. Well, team. this is
1: the final published one. There really is like six others. I know you're going to be like, oh, Nick, are you serious? You didn't get all your rotation pieces out? I didn't. Oh,
0: right. Yeah.
1: I haven't. It's not the final. I know, but it's okay. I can breeze through this. This is easy. Easy, easy, easy. Okay, you ready?
0: The last mm-hmm. team I know we have written up, though, is the Padres.
1: Yes, that is correct. The Mets are coming out by the time y'all are listening to this at 9 a.m. on, on Tuesday. Uh, the Padres got Drew Thorpe. And that's a huge thing. Because I was like, you know, oh, they, they they dealt away soda. What they get like all of the Yankee starters, except the Yankees still have two guys. It's fine. Uh Drew Thorpe is a changeup first guy. And that always makes me weird out because again, changeups are good against left handers as a righty. And you need to be have you need to have somebody that dominates righties. Um, I don't know if Thorpe has that, and uh, they were pretty much saying like he's a really good, uh, like all around guy. Um, Eric Loganhing was talking about that, labeling that changeup like a strata changeup, which I'd love to see. thing of like Michael Walk actually now, um, that kind of changeup. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I don't really think that Thorpe has enough to quite say, okay, cool, he's getting the opportunity, let's do it. Iarte is kind of interesting um he throws mid to upper 90s he kind of looks like pedro like i'm sure someone else mentioned this but i just watched him it's like this is pedro (laughs) uh legit slider that can be really good but it's a little bit inconsistent um and then uh in a changeup is by far his best pitch so there might be something there just nailing down that consistency with him um adam maser is a little bit interesting too he's over the top with his delivery he's very skinny and it's one of those cases like Tristan McKenzie where I think like, cool, you get filled out more then maybe you get more uh, consistency with your mechanics and everything to actually, uh, you know, have that walk rate stay really low, but then also be able to spot your pitches enough to get more whiffs than you currently do. Um, be aware of this team because they have just, I don't know. They're really trying to figure out who their four and five is right now. Um, it's yeah. not Adrian Morehone. I don't think so. I think they're just going to leave him in the minors. So when he gets a call as a starter, Maybe by like June, July, I'd be interested to see if the four seamers really killing it. Um, I don't think he's going to have a job out of the camp because he just hasn't been healthy enough, and he just wants to see his stability.
0: Right. And Jay Groom didn't develop like no. people thought yep. that he mm-hmm. would. A name to keep an eye on um, is oh my god, why did I forget Snelling's first name for a second? Robbie, right? Robbie, Robbie Snelling. Too far oh. away. Yeah, he. I mean, he did. Th- he did pitch twenty innings in Double A last year. So my, he'll start the year in Double A, and as you just mentioned, there's a lot of uh like there's so many things for them to go
1: through first is a thing.
0: Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. He's he's I think he's up this year, but he's probably up at the end of the summer. If I had to guess, I would say
1: Pedro Avila is sp before, and um, and then like, oh, man, this is hard. uh okay. If the between the four, five, like six, seven stuff. I'm six, seven, eight. Okay, I'm I'm not gonna start dancing. Um, it's a mix of like Avila, Randy Vasquez, Johnny Brito, and Matt Waldron. And Glenn, uh, Glenn Otto. No, stop this. Good slider. <laughs> and that's it. Um, there's also Luis Patino, but like the Rays couldn't fix him. So, uh, but Randy Vasquez is kind of interesting. He's, in, I call him incredibly milk toast. It's four seamers and sinkers that uh, are trying to get into the right locations and then the secondaries aren't really exceptional. Um, Johnny Burrito is kind of cool. Uh, his sinker does a really good job getting inside to right handers. And he does save the two seamer, even though it's not a good pitch. But if you save it just as a upstairs way out of the zone, two strikes, then that's okay. You can get more out of it. Look at you, Zach Eflin, right? Like that happens. It's a 12 6 curve and a changeup that is his best secondary. And I kind of think of um, Brian Bayo a little bit, just because sinker change being both good. Um, can lean to more things. I think there's more sink and more just more aggression that's really good with uh Bayo's sinker. But um changeup's great with Brito. The 12-6 curve is not good enough. And there's nothing that goes into lefties, and that's the biggest problem with Brito. So I think that if Brito is going to be actually an interesting thing, he needs to find a cutter. He needs to find some slide or something else to really nullify lefties better. Um, and Matt Waldron actually is. I know he's a knuckleballer. I say don't trust a knuckleballer, but it was only a quarter of the pitches he threw. And he has a sinker that works against righties and a decent sweeper with a cutter that gets strikes. So like, it's okay. They're probably going to give him a chance. Um, that's my guess for that rotation. But Iriarte is the one that throws really hard and he's the cool one. So Thorpe and Iriarte, are the ones that you're going to see more attention for. Iriarte to me is the one that has the highest ceiling.
0: It's like the boy band thing. It's like, he's the cool one.
1: Yeah, he is. He's AJ. <laughs>
0: um so walk us through the not yet released uh, prospects of note right
1: so the mets um i put out the podcast on it. it's mike vassal mm-hmm. um he's the one that is likely going to get the first opportunity for the mets i don't think he has that extra element of electricity so you can kind of wait on this one and see um yeah i'm not really too interested on it it's like he keeps walks down he's more of like a command focused thing I don't really want that. Dom Hamill. I might find him as Dominic Hamill as well. Uh, it's low 90s velocity. It's He has 13 plus percent swing strike rates in the minors and a 30% strikeout rate in A plus in and and AA. So maybe there's something more there, like two, two, uh, two breakers. But uh, I'm curious to see if this actually does work. There's Blade uh, Tidwell, who throws hard, 95 plus. And a really good slider is just uh, not many innings, thirty-four frames in Double a. Um, I believe there's another one. It's, a, it's Christian. Um, oh gosh, I had a I had a guy tweet at me t- um, today about him, and I and I remember like I was writing him. And I thought he was too far away, so I didn't bring him up. But and then oh my god, why do I forget everyone's name right now? It's because maybe it's almost eleven o'clock. Oh it is eleven o'clock? Maybe that's my name.
0: It is after eleven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What have I done to you? I don't know. Uh, fast would be... You know, I, I got to say, Fast would be saying that every two seconds. And uh, you're not. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Christian st- Scott. I've given
0: up on life. So um, just 33% K
1: through. rate, 4% <laughs> walk rate in A last year. Um, 17% swing strike rate, but just 12 innings. Um, 12 starts, I should say. Six, uh, 62 innings. Command is apparently terrible, but uh, control is not. I mean... I don't know. We'll see. Uh, maybe he just explodes up in, up, up the ranks and uh, Christian Scott becomes something big. There's also a question of his secondaries being the major focus that has allowed him to do as well and not really like this overpowering fastball. Mm-hmm. But uh, Christian Scott, someone you should be at least be aware of as well. But as far as stashing in your leagues, yeah, like you're not in this kind of position where hey, uh, you should be stashing these guys. That's not the yeah. case for uh, the Mets at all I covered um, I,
0: I covered Tyler Stewart when I worked at AM New York because I had to cover Mets prospects um, six foot nine double-a pitcher who was a reliever in college who they converted to a starter um, and pretty good at times last year strikeout rate fell when they promoted him to double-a but mm. um, again not for stashing but just to call out big old six foot nine 250 pound pitchers uh, like Tyler Stewart gotcha uh,
1: and by the way, I wrote about Shane Johan. I wrote him for the Red Sox though, and totally forgot yeah. the rule five. So yeah. there you go. Um yeah. Oh man, now I remember Shane Johan. Shane Johan has a really cool changeup. It's like a really good one. Um and yeah, he's kind of built like a uh, yeah, you're gonna see Shane Johan with the White Sox this year. I see it. Totally. I'm even thinking of like him now and be like, oh yeah, cool. Really good <laughs> lefty changeup. Like that's good against righties. throw him in there. It's fine. Um, everyone else with the Red Sox, though, like Angel Bastardo and uh, Brian Ma- Maida and Wilkman Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, okay, Wilk- Wilkman Gonzalez, 35% strikeout rate in AA with a 14% overall swing strike rate with 15% walk rate. <laughs> he doesn't have a big secondary, stri- uh, secondary pitch for strikes. So it's like a mid-90s uh, fastball top of the zone. So that's cool. Like he has this low arm angle. I love that. Uh, Mata is a sinker baller and I don't really care. And Mistardo doesn't have an overpowering heater and he has a changeup, but it's from the right side. So we're going to move past that. Uh, Anything else about your boys from bean town?
0: No. Um, Mata is obviously the question mark, um, you know, coming off the injury, coming back, you know, coming into the AFL, all that sort of stuff. Um, I think that I know you don't like the sinker baller aspect of it. Um, but he would be the one, like he was a former top prospect for them. Um, most of the other guys uh, are not super relevant. I am curious to see um, what they get out of Richard Richard Fitz, um, who's the guy they got back from the Yankees in the Alex Verdugo trade, sure. who was really good for the Yankees in Double A and is projected to slot into the Triple A rotation. Um, already twenty four years old, uh, so I am curious. I'm curious there uh, and then there were like uh ji Chung Lu uh everybody had like really high hopes for him um, when he came over to the Red Sox uh, in 2021 2022 the strikeout rate like really jumped last year but the era was still super high and the walk rate was still super high um, so the raw stuff is still allegedly good um, but it hasn't looked like anything you know super impressive. Um, right, I think it's it's you know Fitz and then a bunch of older Brandon Walters, Chris Murphy's guys like that who are just not interesting for fantasy purposes.
1: Yeah, um, so going to uh, going to the Twins, um, David Festa is the one that you that we care about. Simeon Woods Richardson, I don't, and Blake Enlow, I really don't, especially because Enlow lost his velocity. Um, and that means that he, his swing strike rate went to just 9.3%. David Festa is someone that I want to be more in on. Uh, I wish I liked his VAA more. He has good VA, IVB and good extension. Um, he just doesn't have the VAA, and his best pitch is a changeup. And I I don't know if that fastball and slider are both good enough. He could get an opportunity quickly, though. Like, it's just five guys. It's Pablo Lopez, Joe Ryan, Bailey Ober, Chris Paddock, Louis Varland. That's it. So they're they have to sign someone, right? Like I, I, that's what I was writing about. I said that Paxton seems like a good fit for the twins to give more time. Not anymore. So Lorenzen, Davies and Carrasco are all out there too. Those seem like fits for the twins. So that paddock doesn't have to do too much. Louis Varland doesn't have to do too much. By the way, Varland, you could even say as a prospect here and you could stash him in that way. And I dig Louis Varland. Um, But David Festa is someone who's going to get a lot of attention when he does come up. Um, but uh, I do wonder. I mean, he's our sb six right now. I do wonder if he actually has a good enough heater and slider to really complement that changeup. It's a really good changeup. Um, but that's what you got in Minnesota. And then with the uh, the Giants, they have two guys that I think are really like they, okay. They have, I have five listed here. There's Carson Seymour and Mason Black who are closer to the majors, and I think they might get some opportunities because they're in AAA and they used to pitch. They pitched there last year, and they might be the guy that they look to first um but i uh, i don't know i don't really think they just do enough for you to get your attention kai wei tang is so interesting he has six pitches if you want to talk about that he has a super low arm angle so it's like super good vaa i uh, 130 innings between double a AA and triple a last year at had a 27 plus strike rate in every year since 2021 um four seamer sinker slider and, and cutter and even like curves and changeups. He has really good swing strike rates all the time. He just has kind of high walk rates. Like He's so interesting to me. Um, but I feel like it's not going to be an efficient starter. And it's just, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Not like that big impact guy. So then there's Landon Rupp. Rupp? I don't know. And Carson Weisenhut. <laughs> yep. I love baseball names so much. They're the best. Um, Carson has ridiculously good strikeout and width marks. And then he vastly like super fast went up to double a i uh, really good change up like absurdly so from the left side featured it about 40 percent of the time if not higher um the i uh, the thing is like the other aspects of his arsenal i uh, are they good enough for seamer in curve i i don't really know if they are and i feel like Wisenhunt's gonna need to or wizenhunt whatever you want to say I uh, needs to add a little bit more like the four seamer can look all right, but I-, I feel like he's a, he's a Cole Reagan's type almost of just get that gyro slider going. Uh, figure out a cutter as well to figure out uh, you-, you need a weapon against lefties changeable do fine against righties. You just gotta get something inside too, to match it. But then you need to have like a slider or something or a curve that really works well against lefties. It doesn't have that yet. And I don't know if the fastballs are that amazing against lefties too or righties. So, it, it's, I'm really intrigued by him. Just like watching him, I'm very alert by just how he, his delivery and everything. And that changeup is just so filthy. And Landon Raup has an amazing curveball. Like I, like he, I think he threw it over. I got this confused. Like it is a lot, a lot of times I'm being thrown the changeup with them, Weisenheim, like 30 to 40%. It's like a 50% usage curveball, which is, you don't really see, but you just threw it all the time and it was so good. Landon you R U R O U P P. I didn't... Yep, yeah, that's... Roop. Remember roop. that. Roop. roop. There, it is. roop um, there it is. There it is. There it is. It's a, an amazing curveball. It's just how are the other offerings? Like, Sinker, eh. and And uh, it's like mid-90s, low to mid-90s. And Slider and Changeup, I guess, are there. But uh, I want him to be really good. I feel like he's more well-rounded. But... I don't know how those other pitches are. So it's just really the curveball right now. And I don't think we're going to see him a ton this year. So th- that that's the Giants. The Yankees have two guys. It's Will Warren and uh, Chase Hampton. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, there's Clayton Beater kind of there, whatever. Luis Heal, I'm not really too interested from what we saw before. Uh, but Chase Hampton Will and Will Warren are both interesting. Hampton feels like he's... Uh, I mean, both of these guys are kind of good. <laughs> uh, from my understanding, with Chase Hampton and Will Warren and... I think I've been seeing more hype from Chase Hampton a bit. Yeah. So be aware when both of those come up. Um, Do you need to stash either one? I don't think so. No. Um, I think
0: I think I'm higher on Will Warren to be honest. Why is that? Um. Again, like at the old at the old job, having covered uh New York sports stuff, I I like. I don't know. I I think I just kind of like the I like the way he pitches i enjoy the pitch mix um i like multiple variations of the fastball sweeper is is a good pitch he also has like a slider and a cutter again something that he changes the shape on like i just kind of like the idea that this is a guy who has a lot of ways to attack hitters i don't think the upside is like oh man this guy is so good but i but i think that he could be a solid middle of the rotation type of arm who can attack hitters in different ways depending on, uh, a, the lineup or B what's working on a, on a particular day. Sure. Um, I'm a little like chase Hampton didn't pitch a lot in, in college averaged a little over five innings to start in the minors. Um, know i know you love the fastball and the ivb on on that fastball um there's nothing wrong with with hampton i think he's i think he's good um but i i don't i have some concerns about like his longevity and ability to like pitch deep into games consistently as a um in the rotation where I think Willin, Will, Willin, Will Warren may be a little more boring from a profile, but I feel better about like him just being a solid floor foundational starting pitcher. Sure.
1: I mean, I feel like if you're going to go after someone, uh, it's Chase Hampton as far as the ceiling goes, like sure, good breaking balls and that IVB four seamer seem. Right seem like that but yeah I understand the whole point of like well Warren's just more polished and like ready from the get-go you might get something more consistent from him
0: and I think I mean that and when I say I like Will Warren more I mean in terms of like for fantasy like I think that Mm -hmm. again also being two years older than Hampton like I think there's a chance we see Warren before we see Hampton and then I think Warren is somebody who pitches could theoretically pitch well enough to just remain in that rotation as just a solid arm at the back end of the Yankees rotation
1: yeah uh, so I'm excited for both of them when they get the opportunities. It could be a good situation for them, and I would definitely keep their eye, your eye on them. The moment that uh, Chase Hampton and Will Warren appear uh, with the Yankees, because let's be honest, it's like five guys, and then we didn't really know who the fourth guy was or the fifth guy was until Stroman signed. Mm-hmm. And that's Nesta Cortez. That's, uh, you have Carlos Rodon in that rotation as well. Like, Okay, these are guys that have an injury history, and you're probably going to see at least one of them uh, make the call Or make the jump uh sooner rather than later so don't be too shocked to see will warren or chase hampton soon uh last team the last one and then we're going to take literally five minutes but like who are the best ones okay great uh then it's it's the dodgers and i mean nick frasso landon knack kyle hurt gavin stone michael grove like is there one that you're like oh man no no that's the one nick we got to be focusing on
0: no i mean i told you when we started like i have there are people that i trust who are big who are big who are into kyle hurt i
1: um, mean yeah the strikeout rates are insane in the strikeout rate was great like like 39 you know, across
0: about 100 innings older dude big friend i mean older you know 25 oh uh, there's 20
1: 25 that's an old man yeah.
0: Yeah, big frame. Um, you know, somebody who I who I think has the ability to hold up to innings and, you know, uh, in, innings in a particular game, but also innings in a season. Um, obviously, the strikeout rate you love to see. Um, I, I was reading a lot after I was put on to him about the way that the Dodgers have kind of um, like altered his development by having him attack hitters with like different, uh, different sequencing. And so I just like the idea that he's continuing to kind of shift and develop his approach while clearly missing bats at a ridiculously high rate. Um, We trust the Dodgers for the most part to develop young pitching. So if they have a very clear way that they want him attacking hitters and he's doing that and he's succeeding doing that, um, you know, I, I I like everything we've seen so far. So I think of the guys that you just mentioned, um, I'm going to trust the expertise that put me on to um, Kyle Hurt. And just there are a couple guys, like it, it is a little bit of a, a visual medium sometimes. And especially with pitching, there are guys that you see the way they pitch. You see their stature on the mound. You see the way they attack hitters. And there's something about, that that you can't like quantify with the stat but you're just like that i like his approach on the mound i like the way he looks on the mound um you add that to the results and i'm more interested in him than the other guys You mentioned.
1: well all right so um here's the thing uh we're running out of time obviously so out of the ones we've mentioned i mean are there like it's hard for me i'm looking at a list that i've kind of gone through here of of the prospects that like okay these these are the ones that we're really going to be focusing on, I think, uh, when they come up. And they, these guys, are like, oh man, the ones that I'm circling as like potential game changers. If we hear that they break camp with the team or something, right? I uh, now I'm going to throw away Prelander Baroa, even though like I want to dream and everything. Who cares? Um, I'm going through this and I'm seeing like there's Skeens, mm-hmm. there's Max Meyer, there's Jared Jones. These are from the beginning. There's Jackson Job. Ty Madden, William Flores, Wilmer Flores, Roy, Royer Salinas, Joey Cantillo, Hurston Waldrop, AJ smith Shaver, Chase McDermott, Cade Povich, Jake Mazurowski, Robert Gasser, DJ Hers. pre Baroa, uh, <laughs> Cade Horton, Takoa Roby, Tink Hentz, Ricky Tiedemann, Mick Abel, Nick Nestrini, Cade Horton, David Festa, Mike Vassell, Will Warren, Chase Hampton. Um, is there anyone on that that I miss that we feel like is significant?
0: You said Mizorowski, right? Absolutely, right. did so. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> he was the only. We'll say it again. No, he was the only one I I didn't hear initially. No, I think that covers. I think that covers all the guys who are going to be relevant. Um, and I have a pretty. I made a distinction of like six that I'm like I think these are dudes and then other yeah. guys it's like maybe they'll be up maybe they won't be up uh, and maybe they'll be fine when they're up etc right all right so what do you got uh Job and Skeens. um yep are the top two for me i might even put Job one but whatever um kate horton yep um aj smith Shaver. yep uh ricky tiedemann on the possibility that he can break camp mm-hmm um, I guess we'll, we'll call it seven, and the final two will be Jacob Mizrowski and Max Meyer. As so guys, you don't have Waldrop I, there? I don't have Waldrop there because I think if we are talking about, like, I think smith Shaver gets the first crack. Mm. We already talked about Oscar Yanoa getting a crack as well. So I think it might be a few months before we see Waldrop. Um, or, you know, month and a half or whatever. So I, I don't have him in this group of like guys who are either so good that the second they get called up, you're like, right. I gotta have this guy or guys who are more than likely going to be difference makers with the chance of breaking. Camp.
1: Yeah. So this is really fun because as you guys know, I'm not like a dynasty prospect guy. Like I just don't do this game. This is the first time I'm really playing it in a way. And I'm sure there are many Inside the field of it, that are just smarter than us and are like, guys, these are the ones that are SP, right. you know, whatever. However, we're going to play this game and it's great. So I'm, I'm with you. Ricky Tiedemann, if he gets a start, go and get him and have fun. Okay. To me, he's still the number one. Um, just because as you mentioned, it's possible that Alcmino doesn't get it. Um, Skeens is going to be too long. Max Meyer, I'm not interested in enough. Jared Jones, um, is an interesting one. Um, and I, and, I just think that the Pirates are just not
0: going to rush it. He's on my next tier of I, yeah. I'd be interested. Right.
1: Um, Jackson, Job, and Ty Madden, absolutely. But also, they're not going to get it. So, like, I'm not stashing them. Right. So we move on. Uh, Wilmer Flores, same thing. I just don't care. Roy, Roy Salinas is super interesting. Again, not going to be it. Be there. Uh, Joey Cantillo, too volatile for me. Hurston Waldrop is someone I am circling. Because even though it's AJ smith he's still just 21. And if Waldrop just looks so good in the spring or so i can see a scenario where someone's hurt and they just go whatever let's just do wall drop um like sure. they did with jared schuster last year right or dylan died we didn't even know which one it was and it's gonna be oh no this is i can't even see this happening right now atlanta does this and they go oh it's just like it was schuster last year I'm like no we know more things now don't just do it because it's the same team okay um so i would put hurston wall drop there as, as an option between Chase McDermott and Cade Povich, I would circle Chase McDermott. I mean, it seems like he's the SP6 right now. And that's kind of cool in um, a good situation. Jacob Mizorowski, if he wins it 100%, oh my gosh, that is like... Everyone, stop what you're doing and get Mizorowski. Um, Robert Gasser's is interesting. Uh, and I would actually have him as someone... Like, the, the way I see it is it's about opportunity right now and being above a threshold of being worthwhile in a, as a spec ad, right? And Gasser is a spec ad to me in a 12-teamer. Um, you even mentioned it. Six pitches, right? Uh, with Gasser. Uh, yeah, I think it was. So, like, what the heck? He's He could be the SP5 above Colin he, Ray. You yeah. Know?
0: He's he's in the Jared Jones grouping for me of, like, I think they get a chance. And I'm interested if they get a chance. But I'm not like, oh, man, I have to have this. Yeah. But I but I think yeah, it, it makes a difference.
1: DJ Herz, as you mentioned, could be there at, sure. at a camp yeah. or something like that. He's in like that tier also. He's curious. Uh, I just don't believe in the Nationals making him good enough to do it. Prelander Barrow, my gosh, if he does it, you know how I feel. No way. Cade Horton, I'm with you. As like once he comes up, like you make sure you have Cade Horton. Mm-hmm. Um, do that. Dakota Roby is also part of that for me. He's. Um, in a tear anyway. for me. I think we'll see the signs. He had a really bad AFL, but I think we'll see signs to do it. Tink Kansas is going to get the opportunity. Already mentioned Tiedemann. Uh, Mick Abel is part of that same Jared Jones crew. Uh, I think we can agree on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, is that when he, we can see him getting the opportunity he's not necessarily the Mizorowski level but like cool Mick Abel could be a producer in your 15 or 12 teamers
0: I have not Will Warren like, in that tier also
1: yeah Will Warren and Chase Hampton, I haven't gotten to them all on this list but right uh, Will Warren and Chase Hampton both are the same thing for me um, Drew Thorpe and I don't really want to put there but mm-hmm. not actually I'll, I'll take that back because if Drew Thorpe comes up and it's The spring where home runs are prevented in Petco and also an amazing defense. All right. I'll take a chance with that. You know, I don't think he will. I think they have all these other things to go through first. But sure. David Festa is one I can't decide on. And David Festa is like between the like, just go and do this thing and the Jared Jones. Right. Uh, Like Jackson Job and Ty Madden is like, stop what you're doing. You get them. But they're not going to get it uh david festa i just have too many concerns about like what is is there more than the change up or not um but uh yeah i feel like if david Festa's coming like all right fine guys just go and get david festa it's a winning ball club it should be with the twins and uh that should be pretty good um and that is all of them mac Vassell, eh, whatever <laughs> that's it we did it we finally went through all of them it's annoying because like there isn't like oh my gosh it's bobby miller who's going to get the chance right. you know it's annoying. Yeah, and,
0: and there will be guys that emerge that we thought oh, would, wouldn't emerge, and whatever. Um, but even. hopefully, yeah. the idea of, of going through it this way at least kind of lets you know sort through the you know the stuff that's not as relevant on the redraft radar and find some names that you should keep an eye on um, or keep. You know, if you're in a league that involves you to like make a watch list, these are great guys to put on that watch list. See what they're doing at the beginning of the year um, and keep track of their stats.
1: And I want to be very clear, guys, um, when it comes to the Dodgers, we went really quickly through them. They have a full rotation. I mean, uh, it's James Paxton in there now, replacing, you could say Walker Buehler, if that's not going to happen. But Emmett Sheen's going to be in there. Ryan Yarbrough is already there as just a backup. Uh, they have uh, hopefully uh, one of Dustin May or Gonson at some point. But then really it's Grove or it's uh, Stone. Before any of those other guys of like Kyle Hurt and Knack and Frasso.
0: you didn't even mention Bobby be. Miller, who's in there. <laughs> well, no, Bobby Miller starting
1: the rotation is when I mean. right.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're talking about uh, he is part of that full rotation.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yamamoto, Glasnow, yeah. Miller are one, two, three right now. Paxton's going to be that four in the beginning, and probably Emmett Sheehan, and then I think Walker Bueller. They were saying that they might delay him um to start the year, uh, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and annoying as anything. Um, so that's why we're not really putting any of the Dodgers guys in that yeah. tier. But then then again, yeah, when Kyle Hurt comes up, and that's going to be interesting. So River Ryan is also someone there. Uh, Maddox Bruns. I mean, there, there's going to be someone from the Dodgers that's going to be interesting, and we're going to have to follow all of that. All right, get out of here. We just had a two-hour-plus-long yes. podcast. Two I don't think hour. I ever did that with Fast, but we got to do it once, and then that's it. We're done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we know what it feels like, and now we're, we don't need to do it. Yeah, know no. Here um, is
1: your one reference for all yeah. prospects guys you just yeah. listen to the last 15 minutes that's all you need to
0: do <laughs> just keep yeah. it on file listen to it and break it up like you did when you watched the irishman on netflix or something like that never watched it because uh,
1: i was like no nah, i'm not
0: gonna do this to you it's so, too long yeah yeah uh, sorry guys speed up two times speed <laughs> i am eric samolsky the pelican i'm nick pollock the lion and i'm gonna go sleep for ages <laughs> and we'll see you next week on the corner